Blog Talk Radio. The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute, integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. SpireInstitute.org. Now, on with the show. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. Peter. There's no better angle, for sure, uh, than the one from behind you. Reeves. All this travel and playing and priorities have been really getting in the way of our relationship. And DJ Roucher. I have great thighs. It's the Net Live right now. Are we really back? I think so. I think I remembered to hit all the right buttons so people can hear us. I think we're actually back. Welcome to 2013, the 2013 edition of the Net Live. You know, Jeremy, this is actually the beginning of our fifth year. We've completed four. This is the beginning of our fifth year of this program. And I've, I've said to people before, there is no genius to what we do. There is just this willing stupidity to bang your head against a wall for four or five years. And that's why sponsors are... Knocking down the doors. Lining up. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the Net Live. First show of 2013. Kevin Barnett sitting in the home court along with DJ Jeremy Roucher, who you just heard. He's at the controls. Look, he even has the chat board inside of another window. He's discovered that button. I forgot. I literally did it right as the show started. I forgot about the chat board. Chat long. board is up. That's how long it's been. And sitting next to us, we have the lovely and talented, as it was described in an email to us, Kelly Tennant. Oh, wow. What's up, guys? I decided that I need to come up with something inappropriate and weird to say at the beginning of the show so that I can keep up with you guys. If you want to fit in. Yeah. Don't worry. Something will happen during the show, and I will clip it. And it'll Hopefully be it won't be like the last show we did when Kevin was apologizing to me for inappropriate things. <laughs> inappropriate <laughs> conduct. Yeah, we don't need to go back there. Can we Pac-12 talk about, doesn't need to get wind of that. Can we talk about what she's drinking right now? The, it's green. The it's green drink? Yeah. It's not ecto-cooler, either. It's not high C ecto cooler. No, it's gorilla life. I don't know. It has <laughs> good stuff in there for you. Here's what I'm gonna Chlorophyll. do. Here's a, let me see that real quick. So, okay, so they squeeze some plants together. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a drink and or glue company. And I'm just gonna name it some random ass animal. Yes. That's it. Because that's you know, gorilla glue, gorilla drink. That cat better not take care yeah, of that. That cat's gonna do, yeah. I mean, just if you put some sort of weird animal thing on it and make your label look kind of earthy. so that girls want to pick it up at Whole Foods, yeah. where it works. Earthy in a weird-shaped bottle, and you're all set. There's 330% vitamin C in this bottle, which is two servings. So Kelly's clear to hang around you because you were sick for about a month. No, we're good now. You had the plague, and you survived, so you will not be passing it on to Kelly. Thanks. Yeah, Kelly, if you want to say something odd, I mean, the podcast is the place to do it because... <laughs> You have to, you know, you have to go a little shock value here. Okay. You've got to kind of go over the top. I mean, I listened to another podcast, and and somebody said that the uh, one of the challengers was was going to mop the floor with the champion. I mean, that that kind of stuff. 
Okay. Like you just have to let it fly, and okay. then then people get all fired up on the chat board, send some emails. I can do that. You Death usually fire no me up deal. when we work together, so I'm sure something <laughs> terrible will come out. Soon. I've got a hat on today, so you can't rag me about my hair. We have a good program planned for you today. We're going to have the ABCA College Volleyball Weekly first edition for the men. Men's season just underway. A lot of preseason action happening actually just after the Christmas holiday. My own Pepperdine Waves heading up to Canada and playing a few exhibition matches up there. But now the UC Santa Barbara tournament happened but this past weekend yes. up there. The traditional kickoff for the men's season. And a couple of familiar faces meeting in the finals. UC Irvine facing off with UCLA. I'm bummed I didn't see that match because I imagine it was pretty good. I believe the mentor defeated the young grasshopper. Ah, as expected, I guess. Yes, David Niffen, of course, now at the helm of the UC Irvine Anteaters, taking over for his mentor, John Spra, who now is at head of the Bruins. It's going to be an interesting season. It is. I, I hope someone cares. It's interesting to me on the chat board yeah. or the... Or the <laughs> The the posting boards, Volley Talk, that you have the women's season that's been over for a month. Ninety six people, and I think last night I was on it was hundred and twenty people in the women's room. Mm-hmm. In the men's room, twenty. Okay, but so my question Beach eight. Yeah. There you go, Beach. Is it because of the spandex? Or yes. is it the difference in the game? It's well, a difference I mean, in the number of it? teams. People like to talk about women more than they do men. I well, mean, it's a difference in the number of teams. Hotter. I don't, I don't think sure. there's uh, enough teams and enough people who've played and have allegiances to really make a big chat board about it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's people in there. There's a solid 20 all the time, so it's not the same 20. But <laughs> <laughs> it's different than the 100-plus that are usually in the women's one. Or after a big weekend of action, you'll have two, 300 going at one time in there. I've seen some big numbers. Well, why do you think we brought Kelly on this show so people will talk about her more than they talk about us? Yeah, if she would say something stupid, it would help. Perfect. That we would talk more about her. Because, I, I mean, one of our listeners said lovely and talented, but I've seen some other descriptions of Kelly Tennant on Volley Talk. People don't like me on that website. So they're they're like, they don't yeah, who do they like? Don't take it personally. about Volley Talk. They hate me. I mean, at one point, I think my, my entire playing career got reduced to, like, he was okay in college. Like, Aww. sweet. <laughs> They've been blowing me up on there since I was like 14, so I'm just used to it at this point, I guess. Everybody's got an opinion. And they get to express it. They have an outlet. We're and... all journalists now because everyone has access to that kind of mode, you know? On Twitter, on message boards. Yes, if you boards. have a blog, you're a journalist. Yeah. Apparently. Or a DJ, for that matter. Well, and, that, and that's being exacerbated by people bringing in the whole Twitter thing, yeah. or let's get this guy on a video Skype call, and let's get the opinion of the common man, the Joe the Plumber syndrome. Right. Like, you know what? Joe the Plumber is a freaking moron. <laughs> Period. He's a moron. Not to say that plum- all plumbers are morons. It's hard to figure out angles and length of pipe, but... He was just an idiot. Notice how I'm not I'm clipping on that. <laughs> Length okay. of pipe. Continue. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, God, that's awesome. But th- that's the thing is they brought him in. Oh, this guy, oh, we, we used him as an example at a debate or at a town hall meeting, I think it was. It wasn't even a debate. It was a town hall meeting. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to turn this guy into a television host. 
Joe the Plumber appearing on, I think it was Fox News that brought him in like a half-hour program. Of course it was Fox News. Are you kidding me? Joe the Plumber is now hosting a half an hour on the most popular cable news network in the nation. Do you feel like people think they can relate more to Joe the Plumber or to the famous broadcaster that's all fancy and put together? Is it about relating or is it about getting actual information? It's a little bit about both. It ought to be more about getting information. And this is where, not to talk politics, ladies and gentlemen, but... Welcome to the new the, year. Yeah. <laughs> the whole notion of George W. Bush and, oh, he's the guy you want to have a beer with. I don't want the guy that I'm having a beer with to be Too president of the free world. <laughs> That's not his, a good idea. To have his finger on the button. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we don't want these academic eggheads. Actually, I do. I'd like the smarter guy to be in charge. Look, people are going <laughs> to pay more attention to the stupid and absurd than they are to the smart. Which is a fine idea if you're watching TV at 7 p.m. on a Thursday. Great. Real Housewives. But if you have a guy who's got to deal with a situation over in Bosnia, okay, or Afghanistan, or figure out how the US, United States economy is going to be fixed, I probably want the smarter guy. Agreed. And the same thing is true when you're talking about broadcasting of any kind. I'd rather have the smarter guy than the more relatable guy who's not going to give me any information or be reliable as to what he's saying. Now, there's a boredom factor in there somewhere. Well, the, but well, the lines are being blurred. But that's what makes it what you guys do well, is when you can be informative and relatable at the same time. True. Honestly, when I've done my job well, when I don't happen? get mentioned. <laughs> no one, She's getting going. I'm gonna You're warming it. up. You're warming up. Yes, no one's ever going to say anything if you do well. Even our bosses, do they ever call when we do well? No, it's when you really screw up and say something terrible on air is when they're going to call you. Right, or it gets clipped off by your friend and then it gets put on the show more often. Exactly. <laughs> Which is way better, but... No, if everyone was doing a great job, then everyone would win the championship every year. Fact in point. Uh, we are going to talk about beach on this program. A little bit today. Yeah, because I've got some inklings about what's happening. And I don't I don't necessarily have a ton of information. I have a little bit of information. Hmm. But I have kind of my thoughts on where things might be going. Huh. But we're going to get you the real story. So you're going to get kind of the conjecture here. We didn't talk about this off air. The educated guess. And then you're going to get... More information from the people that actually know, because that's why we're here. We're going to give you that. We're going to get the James Lights on here. We're going to get uh, some of the other people. I mean, we talked to uh, Bradley Cooper. I mean, Steve Lindecki this uh, past I was gonna say, Brad, December. Bradley Cooper. <laughs> no, Steve Lindecki's photo on his, uh, his Elevation Group, I believe it is, the website, it had a little bit of Bradley Cooper in it. Sexy. Yeah. But we had we had him on at convention. That's worth a listen. I think you should go back and listen to that one, our convention special, uh, because he he's approaching it as a business. It's not necessarily a love. I, he cares about the game, been involved a long time, but it's got to be a business. And he's he's a little pessimistic. But we'll get we'll get back to beach in a little bit. We're also gonna have Bill Sigler of Smack talking about the the business of volleyball. Here's a guy who has been in the business of volleyball, has been making a living at the business of volleyball for some time, and Smack Sportswear just went public. And it's Smack awesome. Sport, yeah, Smack Sportswear, Volleyball Superstore, and there's one other company. Yeah, to that. Yeah, 
Yeah, we'll talk to him yep. about the evolution of his company. I think a lot of people know Smack Sportswear. I didn't even realize you know, Volleyball Superstore was him, and he's into teams now. And I was looking at their stuff uh, at ABCA convention. They had a big booth set up. I was checking out their stuff, and I really like what they're doing with sublimation. They're starting to change the way that volleyball apparel is marketed, the way it's made. Sublimation is... Instead of silk screening a number onto something, sublimation is you are dyeing the fabric. That's the new thing. Is oh. they have machines now that will sublimate into the fabric. So yes, when you, you wash feel... your jersey ten times, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't come, come, off. come off. Yeah, right. It's actually in the and you can make infinite designs almost. They have shorts that are a picture of the Manhattan Beach Pier during the six man. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's just a, it's a picture, but that's what the short is now. It's not screen printed on there. Correct. No. Correct. It's all a part of the short. And that's the thing that gets to me about some of these when we're – I've had uniform discussions with some of the, the youth leagues that my kids are involved with. And they say, oh, the cost of this, that, and they want to charge you setup charges. I'm like, setup charges for what? If I provide you the art, all you do is press the buttons and the machine makes it. It's not like anybody's making a screen and running the, the red and then moving the screen over yeah. and running the yellow. Like like I learned as a kid in like seventh grade, we made our own T-shirt screens. You know, <laughs> no one's doing that anymore. That's not happening. Yeah. Uh huh. Nice. She's warm. She's well, almost you... as hot as the color of her shirt now. She's got this lime green shirt going. The blue headband. I didn't know you could mix those colors. You Seahawks fan? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Win forever. Go Pete Carroll. <laughs> oh, that's right. The USC yeah. connection. Sorry, kids. So we'll have Bill Sigler on here. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting conversation. I'm looking forward to talking to him. We will have Jay Hosick and Mike Sonheimer in for ABCA College Volleyball Weekly. And, of course, the opinions and vocal stylings of Kelly Tennant. I don't know if you're ready. When you're not drinking your green juice. I don't think you're ready for this. I don't know what this, the word is. Jelly? More singing. Is like jelly or something? I don't know. My kids would know if it's a pop song. It's Beyonce. Oh, it's Beyonce? They may not know that. If it was Nicholas David, they would, might know about that from Who? The Voice. Yeah, no. wow. You watch The Voice? Not ever. My kids and wife are way into it. I've seen an episode or two. Nicholas David, he looks like No Neck Joe. I mean, he has his shoulders are way up high. <laughs> he's got this long hair, and he's a white dude from like uh, where's he from? Wisconsin or Minnesota or some some northern climate. Uh, he's got a very unique look, and then he sounds like Aaron Neville. It must be something about guys with no neck. I don't know. Aaron Neville didn't have a neck either. But he sounds... Not didn't. Still. Isn't Aaron Neville dead? Jeremy, I'm going to win a music question from you right now. Aaron Neville is passed away, I want to say, two years ago. uh, To the iPads. The two of you, by the way, have matching iPad cases. Thank you, Pac-12. Thank you, Pac-12. Oh, age 71. Hold on. No, maybe he's still alive. Wait for it. <laughs> I thought Aaron Neville passed away. So now you're just killing people off in 2013? <laughs> well, yeah, like Morgan Freeman. There was a big oh, thing with Morgan Freeman on Facebook. Morgan Freeman is dead. Yeah, I thought he was No, dead. he's not dead. Morgan Freeman has not passed away. <laughs> Uh, according to Wikipedia, yeah, always, thanks, Cam, uh, always Kerr, reliable. My Canadian friend, 71 and alive. And alive. Suck okay. it, Cam. Aaron Neville's still alive. But still, not much of a neck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Currently, still no neck. So Nicholas David sounds a lot like Aaron Neville, except he is not a giant, buff, black guy. He is a small, no-neck, white guy. Very strange. It's very strange to see that voice come out of that 
that's always the weirdest thing is when these people walk on stage and then they open their mouth and you're like, where in the world is this coming from? Right, like American Idol when what's-her-name, the old lady, came out and just killed everybody with her operatic assault. trying to think of her name. Can anyone come up with that? Do you remember what I'm talking about? No. No? Jeremy. It wasn't American Idol. I wasn't listening to you. It was X Factor, right? No, it was American Idol. I don't watch any of those shows. I've never watched one episode. Oh, what is her name? Chatboard, help me out here. What is the name of the woman who came out? She was from rural England. She had never sung in a competition before. They bring her on stage. She looks like... Uh, just a homely housewife. God, it's in. They bring her on stage, and she. I mean, it was one of the most remarkable. Oh, I can see her face right now. Yes, one of the too. Susan Boyle. Boyle. Bam. Yeah. It's one of the most remarkable moments in in television where she started singing, and you could just see the place. Nobody knew. Oh, you're right. I remember it wasn't a setup. Cal's face, like whoa. Yeah, she just blew everybody away. She was awesome. She made an album, by the way. Yeah. And it was awesome. And now you've never heard of her anymore. Well, yeah, she apparently she got very freaked out. It was a whole year of like this whirlwind oh, sure. of media. And it's not just the production of the album and the pressure to perform. It's all the media that goes with it. These people aren't used to going on five talk shows, flying from New York to L.A., going on five more talk shows, flying to Chicago and being on a couple of shows. And then, I mean, these, these media tours that these celebrities go on, it's a skill in and of itself to be able to sustain enthusiasm for whatever your project was through this media tour. And, and she got depressed. She got overwhelmed by the whole thing. And well, and I real think severe issues. trying to change her image and, you know, the whole makeovers and hair and makeup every single day. That's exhausting. I mean, not that I would complain if I, I would that know, every day, but... But if you're not used to it... yeah. Right. Or ever been exposed to that at right. all whatsoever. It's overwhelming. If you were a housewife in rural England, or just a, a cat woman in rural why, England. Why are you looking at me when you say that? If you, if so you DJ Rouché, were a housewife <laughs> in England. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. Imagine you don't have a sweet three-quarter sleeve. You don't have a mohawk. You are in a petticoat, a pair of house clogs with a broom, bud. And then you're a big star, worldwide sensation. That sounds 10, way better. Twenty million views on YouTube than having a broom in my hand and being a female. <laughs> How about that? I don't even know where we're going with this show. At this the is really good of the volley year. talk. You got to get used to this, ladies and gentlemen, because you know what? We're this not is how just the show's going to be from now on. We're not just a volleyball show. We are a fun show. We want you to tune in each Monday. Thanks to me to this program to listen to Kelly rip on Kevin and Kevin rip on Jeremy, and then Jeremy will rip on Geeter because he's not even here to defend himself. <laughs> but we want you to tune in just for fun. It's supposed to be fun, so I don't want to get any more emails about you didn't talk enough volleyball. You know what? It's the net live. It's a big net. We can catch a lot of things with said net, not just volleyballs. Could be fish. By the way, most expensive tuna ever sold in uh, Japan yesterday. Actually, today, 800 pounds. <gasps> sold for like $1.8 million. Fish. Bet you didn't to know who? that fish. About 11,000 pieces of sushi in said tuna. To uh, one of the tuna houses in Japan. That Big bidding war. real good. Yeah. 800 pounds of tuna right here. Tune in to the net live. <laughs> learn something new about tuna. Exactly. It's like Snapple facts. Can we have net live fun facts? Fun facts. I always love fun facts. When I first joined the national team... The show really is going down that. No, because now we're back to volleyball. <laughs> I joined the national team in 1997, the summer of 97. I go out to Colorado. First time the program has been in Colorado at the training center. The training center has a brand new, gorgeous, like $150 million building with dorms and cafeteria and all these improvements. It looks gorgeous. 
And the volleyball team is out in the third dormitory of the old buildings from the 1960s Air Force Base station that it used to be. Uh, the first building had air conditioning. Buildings two and three did not. That's buildings 85 and 87, if you've ever lived there. And I lived in 87 for a couple of days. No AC out there. Uh, I lived in 85 for the rest of the summer with no air conditioning. And it's a three-level barracks. No television. No AC. Community bathroom. Two roommates. James Hammerstrand and Eric Seifert, USC. Mm-hmm. And that's how my summer was. How long? Two months? Three months. Yeah. Two and a half, three months. Three months. I went out there, but I don't think it was very long. It was like high performance camp or something. And you probably stayed in the nice storms. We did not have the nice storms, but we had this room. We had you know one single and a set of bunk beds. And actually bunk beds that my kids slept in until about two months ago. We bought them new beds three months ago. So cute. Yeah, we had we had them when they got rid of them. But we used to have fun facts. This is at the beginning of the Internet when people would start sending these emails out that had fun facts. So I would print them out, and I would bring them in, and we would do fun facts. Oh, my gosh. In the room. And then we would wake up every morning when we w- we wake up. Hammerstrand would put on the CD player the big boombox stereo that we bought for like 90 bucks. He would throw on Blur. Woo! Song 2 would be the name of it. Is that what it is? You're welcome. Yeah, every morning for that entire summer. So it always makes me think of waking up. It is a a brisk 82 in the room (laughs) by the time you wake up at 7 in the morning. Uh, Tim Killian on the uh, message board says, it's not much better now. The dorm living there. Those dorms? Yeah. Yeah. About the same, huh? Not surprised. Memories. Memories. (laughs) Come on. No. I have no but idea. The watercolors of my mind. I was born in 1987. No Barbara? What year? You didn't have a parent who just like had Barbara on all the time? I mean, my mom For used sure, to play. For sure, but I don't know. That's all. I grew up with ABBA blaring. Yeah, sorry. We're coming to America. Neil Diamond. One of the biggest selling bands ever, by the way. Swedish supergroup. ABBA. So my mom played ABBA and Neil Diamond a lot. Oh, my goodness. I grew up on country. My dad's real country loving. Really? Yeah. You're from the Inland Empire? I am. Where? The the original 909, now 951. Temecula. Oh, yeah. Why aren't you into dirt bikes? I don't know, because I was into volleyball. Apparently, I need to cross over like you. 22 minutes. Please don't. 22 minutes. Yeah, who's taking shots on Monday morning after you've made uh, your motocross I just reference? said the word dirt bike. Never mind that Supercross started this last weekend and the racing was awesome. Yeah. Nobody likes Jeremy on the show. Let's take a break. We have Bill Sigler <laughs> coming up right after the, the turn here, and we will discuss Beach a little bit, the business of Beach. Whew, way up in the air. Who knows what the heck's going to happen with that? No national team updates. We can even talk about that. That'll be a good topic. And the ABCA. College Volleyball Weekly starting out with the men. It's Kevin, Kelly, and Jeremy on a Monday. <laughs>
Boom, that's a hard stop, Jeremy. Yep. The Net Live on Monday, first show, 2013. Kevin Kelly and Jeremy holding it down. Chris McGee looking for a new apartment in Manhattan Beach. Unfortunate for him, he and the family are going to have to move. The owners of their home moving back in so along the Walk Street. He didn't get evicted. Well, I think he's been paying his rent. I think Time Warner's taking care of him just fine. I think the Lakers are taking care of him, but he nevertheless has to move. And uh, Reed Pretty actually was here for about a week. Didn't see him, talked to him, and now he has been uh, returned. He was here on furlough. He has been returned to serve the rest of his sentence for the next four months. Yeah, I think he posted a photo, I don't know if it was this morning or last night, of Istanbul. There's snow. Yeah, he had uh, dinner with Lindsey Berg and Brooke Billings and Brooke's wife. They had a nice time. It's nice that uh, when you can travel the world and still see some American friends, it probably helps when you're away from home for that long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's it's not... It's not that the places are bad. It's not that the people are bad if they're Turkish or Belgian or Italian or German or whatever. It's just not quite the same as having your friends around, your family around, and that escape from from playing. You're basically, at that point, mentally playing 24-7, which is good for nobody. Yeah. Uh, You have to have an escape. And I remember coming back during my time I was playing overseas, and I came home at Christmas, flew home from my team after a match, was going to meet my team for a Christmas tournament in Belgium. I was playing in Austria at the time, and I flew home, got home. I was going to be home for about 48 hours. I flew halfway across the world to be home for 48 hours. Oh, my God. Because I'd gotten married, and my wife had stayed here, and I was gone for two months, so I came back. And I got sick, really sick. I stayed an extra day because I was so sick. I arrived the morning of the tournament in Belgium. And suited up. 6.30 a.m., I fly into Brussels. I am on the court by 10. Oh, After traveling no. on an airplane. After traveling oh. from Colorado. And I had to play that day and the next subsequent two days. Ugh. I was MVP of the tournament. No, you were not. Yep. I swear people play better, some people play better when you're like at your lowest point. It was a mental thing. And that's why it's the mentality. The I was rested finally. Like I felt good about the way things were. And I, I knew I could just, I had to push through what I was doing. My coach was unhappy that I'd showed up late. The team owner was flipping out. I'm like, I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> But I was, it, I was sick, bro. Sorry. I was just mentally fresh. And yeah, I didn't I didn't want to stay home an extra day and miss getting in there a day early. I was just freaking hurting. And so I stayed home. But being a little bit mentally refreshed during that year made such a difference. And if you can come home for a week for these guys, it makes such a difference. I saw David Lee over in Thailand taking some some time off. That'll be beneficial certainly to him as he goes on into the second two thirds of the season and Reed Pretty being home for a week. Second two thirds of the season is much easier. That's not even a physical thing; it's a mental. Oh, thing, probably. It's absolutely, so mental. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Jeremy. Yep. We have our first guest, huh? Of the year. Of the year. Twenty thirteen. We're going to open our fifth year of this program on a topic that we've talked about quite a bit: the business of volleyball. This guy's been getting it done unquestionably for a long time. The owner, the creator. Although I guess the public owns it now. Okay, you can still call him the owner. The proprietor of Smack Sportswear and the Volleyball Superstore. You've seen him at tournaments. You've seen his brand around in the club world. And he is pushing volleyball apparel to a place it has not been. And we appreciate that because we want to see some cool come back into the sport. Please welcome to the Net Live for the first time, Bill Sigler. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, thanks for calling in. My pleasure, my pleasure, boy. That's quite an introduction. Yeah. 
Oh, Kelly Tennant wants to give you a little bit of love here. Kelly, I couldn't tell that was you. Ah. So, Bill, we understand that Smack has just gone public. We'll get to that in a second. But we want to, for people that don't know the history of Smack Sports, where how did you start it, when did you start it, and what was your goal when you first began? Well, you know, I uh, I was uh, I love beach volleyball and really didn't start playing until just after college. And when I moved out here, uh, you know, living in, in Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach area back in the early 90s, I uh, started playing a lot more and really became passionate about it and was helping run a medical equipment company at the time. And my passion was being on the beach and playing volleyball. And and so I uh, decided to start making some some hats. You know, it's kind of, I don't know if you guys were around or playing back in the early 90s, but back then when Sinjin had his side-out hats that you'd flip up the brim on. And, and uh, at that time, they were cool. And functional as well so couldn't find him anywhere actually went to Sinjin's store up in smithers back up in santa monica couldn't find him there and so we said let's just decide to start making them and and from there it just kind of expanded it was all southern california beach apparel you know it was uh through most of the 90s that's all we did was beach and and we're selling in sports chalets and some marshalls tj maxx a lot of surf shops and specialty stores <clears throat> but uh but, yeah, that's pretty much how it all started, right on the beach down at the, the pier in Manhattan Beach. Very cool. So it begins with hats. Now, when did you start to get into sort of the club business of volleyball? Well, you know, that was probably around 2003, and I had a few good friends. Turhan Douglas, you know, was coaching at USC, and um, he was running SMBC at the time, Santa Monica Beach Club, um, you know, their indoor uh, side, and – he had asked if we could put together some custom uniform for them, and uh, he and Nabil and and Chess Kiros. And so we decided, you know, start integrating some hibiscus prints and doing all these custom cool cut and sew stuff. And and uh, that was around probably 2002, 2003. And ever since then, we've that's that's probably been our primary focus. Really, is has been on that custom cool Southern California lifestyle vibe but on the indoor side as well how well does that vibe do in the midwest is that something that folks are trying to bring in where is your main marketplace outside of southern california well it is it's something i mean everybody around the country kind of likes that they you know volleyball is associated with southern california uh partially or primarily probably because of the beach but um but also you know indoor I mean, kids love, everybody loves that SoCal vibe. You know, you kind of have this image of of what it's like if you don't live out here. You know, the beautiful weather, the sand, the sun, the beautiful people. And um, and so, you know, it's, it's gotten some real good traction from our brand being a SoCal brand, uh, expanding it out through the, through the rest of the country. So you've gone from the time, Bill, when in the early 90s there were a lot of brands around, Primitive Prince, I Dig, uh, Spot sport. I mean, there's Red Sand. There's a whole bunch of those. And then there was a whole period where that all faded away. How were you able to survive where a lot of others did not? You know, that's a that's a great question. I guess I guess it was probably uh, partially stupidity, or you know, by, on my part, or or just persistence. I, um, you know, I had uh, had really just had that passion for the sport, and and I, I love what we were doing. You know, we weren't making a lot of money through the '90s, enough to pay the rent, and 
and put some food on the table and have some fun. Um, but uh, it was it was it was difficult, you know, for the from the late '90s. You know, the AVP uh, uh, declared bankruptcy and then they got bought out. You know, around '99, 2000. Uh, it was a tough time for volleyball. A lot of those companies went out of business, and uh, you know, we kind of we kind of took a little break from '99, 2000 to 2002. Uh, we really didn't do a whole lot. You know, I was kind of reevaluating whether I wanted to be involved in the business. And, and, and then, um, you know, it was a difficult time. Massimo and side out and all those guys went other places. And, and so, uh, you know, I took a little bit of time off and came back and said, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. It's volleyball. It's, it's apparel. It's cool. And, um, and that's when we kind of reinvigorated things back in 2002, 2003. The lean times you're talking about, is that one of those periods where after an expansion and explosion, everything gets kind of diluted because everyone's trying to start their own volleyball apparel company, and then you have a contraction, and the few that survive end up being a lot stronger for having made it through? Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. You know, I think think the fact that we've stayed true to volleyball and that's all we've focused on has really paid off for us you know, since that time, and we can go back and say we were, you know, we are the only brand that stayed true to volleyball and made it through since 1994. So, you know, not, you know, nobody else can really say that. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it definitely shows to those core, you know, uh, players, coaches, you know, club directors, you know, athletes, fans that, hey, we've been doing this for a long time. We're, We're not, someone who's just coming along when it's, you know, becomes hot. You know, we've been doing it for a long time, and it's it's the only thing we've been doing is volleyball. What's different about the volleyball community today when it comes to servicing their apparel needs? Well, you know, a lot of people out there, what we're finding right now, which is kind of hot, at least from the indoor side, is, is uh, sublimation of uniforms. And, you know, this is just something that's really come into volleyball in the last few years, but... Um, but it's been kind of interesting. In the past, you had to screen print numbers on, and I'm sure you guys all realize how you know how your uniforms used to look. And and now what we're finding we just in you know in the last uh, three months invested in a lot of equipment, you know, direct to garment printers and sublimation equipment and things like that that we're doing in house. And we make all of our clothes, all of our custom clothes are made here in in our Southern California warehouse here in Torrance. Uh, but we had a lot of equipment, which is allowing us to do that. And the sublimation is cool, and because it's, you know, we can use all those high-tech wicking fabrics, um, but we can go to a, you know, a club or you know even a beach club. We're doing a lot of beach uniforms right now, where they'll give us their logo, they'll give us their ideas, and we'll put something together that's that's like unique across the world. Nobody else in the world will have their the apparel that they're wearing. Um, you know, with different designs in the fabric. It's all sublimated into the fabric, numbers, logos. So there's some really cool stuff out there right now. So that's that's definitely one of the things that we're seeing is really hot. And the other side, too, is, is a lot of the licensed apparel we do. We have the license to do all the USA Beach apparel. Uh, we do product for the NBL. Um, we do stuff for the EVP, the, the National Collegiate Sand Volleyball Association. So... You know, we do a lot of that apparel through our online stores, and, and that's been really hot as well. 
Yeah, I had an opportunity to see some of your gear out at AVCA convention. I really like the photo shorts. The shorts, oh, yeah. The picture of Manhattan Beach. Uh, that's just something that was not even remotely possible 10 years ago. Exactly. And those, you know, what we're doing with that stuff is really cool. We, uh, I think, JR, you probably have seen those too. But oh, yeah. um, it's this great six man image that we sublimated onto these shorts with this nice wicking, you know, micro poly spandex fabric. It's. You know, it's a cool look, but it's also really functional. How important is it that all this stuff is made in Torrance and you have the ability to react quickly? You're not working with large lots overseas and having to ship everything. Uh, it's it, it's probably the cornerstone of our business. You know, besides the fact that we can say we're made in the U.S., um, just having, you know, I, I've probably been in the warehouse the whole morning just meeting with my cut and sew guys. You know, we have about 15 machines in the back and, People are just humming away on, you know, warm-ups right now for clubs all around the country. So being able to react quickly like that, you know, one of the problems that our bigger competitors like Mizuno and Asics and those guys have is when they're out of product, they're out of product, and you're not getting it. And, you know, they're reliant on overseas and boats coming in and customs and all that. But for us, you know, if a customer, you know, orders 100 uniforms and they add three kids – those kids playing a tournament next week, you know, we can turn those things around in a couple of days and overnight them to them. So it's definitely uh, something that that sets us apart, being able to to to, to do that in house. In the net live, we're talking to Smack Sportswear founder Bill Sigler. And Bill, I got a, a quick question for you. We have a phrase that's been popularized on this program. It's "I got next set." Nobody. Right. <laughs> be on a hat somewhere or at least a t-shirt and roll down to the beach with that one i got next set you know i i love that and i've been telling geeter that i gotta get him some apparel out there and get you guys some and by the way how's your brother doing he used to work for us too yeah he uh he's just in transition you you should talk to him he's in transition right now he uh he's between coaching jobs and looking for something new to do he's uh, he's available if you're interested he's available i love that he, he used to be my best salesman years ago Way back. But tell him I said hi. I will. I will. The big news recently for Smack Sportswear was that you guys went public. Tell us about this. I understand it took forever. I had an opportunity to talk to a couple of your uh, your staff folks out there at ABCA, and they said it took a very long time to get it done, longer than expected. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we had a lot of opportunities that came came before us uh, over the last year or two. And, you know that that included sublimation. It included the NCA making sand volleyball, you know, a scholarship sport. It included, um, you know, opportunities that we have at the retail level with our beachwear, um, which you'll start seeing the the fruits of those labors come out over this next year with our product line and, you know, where the what stores are going to be carrying it and things like that, which I can't really talk about. But, anyways, to make a long story short. Two years ago, I was kind of saying, okay, we have all these opportunities, but we need capital to, to be able to do it. And, you know, trying to find ca- capital as a private company was difficult, you know, especially in right. 2010, the economy's not doing great. And and um, and so, you know, I, I teach volleyball classes down at Hermosa Pier, and a guy was taking my class, about 52, former CEO of a number of companies, made a good deal of money, bought a boat, and just sailed the world for five years and he said 
listen, that's what I do. You know, I I raise money for companies and I do it through, um, you know, making them a public entity. And so what we ended up doing was over the process, uh, we had to go through an audit. And that audit took forever because we had to have them witness two years of physical inventory. So, you know, they, they witnessed that, I believe, on the June 30th, 2011 and then 2012. So it literally took about a year and a half to finish that. And uh, and that's where we are now. We we accomplished it. We merged uh, my private company into the public company, uh, became the public company in mid-December, and it's now traded uh, on the NASDAQ over-the-counter bulletin board uh, under the symbol SMAK. SMAK. So if I'm looking to invest a whole bunch of money, that's where I need to put it. Absolutely, especially if you're a volleyball fan or anyone who supports volleyball and and uh you know we have some big goals over the next uh three to five years um and uh definitely we'd love to have people uh go out and buy that stock it's you know i definitely uh definitely think that with all the plans and all the good things we have coming up over the next few years that uh that stock is gonna start getting up there. Does one of your goals include your girls' six-man team winning this next year? Oh, my goodness. Listen, you guys, listen, who cares about actually winning the tournament? You guys win the rage every year, and that's why we love you. <laughs> Thanks to Nikki Jade, at least. Bill, I just want to point out that uh, I played on your smack six-man team twice in both years. We won. Just yeah. And then I retired, so I'm batting a 1,000. Just Well, and see what happened, though. You retire, and we end up losing. Yeah. I didn't that. <laughs> I would say that you were good when well, I was. Well, some guys are there to spike balls, and some guys are there just to make the the vibe a little bit better. I think I know where Jeremy. You're welcome. There. <laughs> no, oh, Jr. We've got video of you uh, scooping balls in the back row. I, you know, maybe not in the final Sunday, but but definitely Team Magnum. Uh, Team I Magnum wants you back this year. I played Sunday morning too, Kevin. Did I, I hear did. that Jeremy's more of a midday Saturday talent? Is that what I just heard? <laughs> you have national team on your squad except for Kevin and Reed I don't need to play that's why we, I don't. <laughs> yeah that's true I mean we did have you know Sujo Sujo unfortunately wasn't there this year and we ended up getting smoked between him and Mackenzie not being there and uh but uh hopefully uh now with the Olympics being being uh four years away we can get those guys back next year yeah, how about Dave McKenzie goes from being MVP for smacking the six man to being on the Olympic roster the following year pretty good job by David uh I want to ask you, Bill, about some of those goals. Where is this company going to be in five years? You say going public gives you some advantages. What are those advantages, and where where do you really think you're going to position yourself five years from today? That's a great question. You know, we uh, we are focused in three areas. Uh, one is team, one is uh, beach, and one is e-commerce. Uh, so we've really kind of focused our, area, our our growth in those areas. Now. There's a huge, there's still a huge opportunity for us in growth in 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 the indoor side, and you know we're expanding outside of just club. We've really focused on club over the past. We're trying to set up some. We're in the process right now setting up some pretty big partnerships with some of the biggest um, team dealerships in the country, uh, whereby they'll be selling our apparel to all the school coaches, and and so there's a lot of expansion there. Um, Unique, fat, you know, unique, really performance-based fabrics that we're going to be introducing. We're coming out with this unique fabric that's a that's a wicking poly poly cotton fabric. Most of the time, 
wicking fabrics you'll find are 100% poly. Sometimes they're a little uncomfortable. We're coming out with, with this fabric that's, uh, that's poly on the outside, cotton on the inside, but is, you know, all, has all the wicking properties, uh, which is re- it's going to be really comfortable. So, so, you know, from the indoor side, huge potential for growth, possibility that, that once we kind of get everything rolling, we may expand that into some other sports. Um, but that's, you know, time will tell once we really nail down and, and do some more growing within the volleyball market. Uh, we do, one thing that's going to be really cool that we're going to be launching here in the next uh, two to four weeks is our uniform builder online, which will allow people to custom design their sublimated jerseys, their, you know, their all their custom uniforms, they can design them online. So look nice. for that, it'll be really cool. Um, the beachwear side is is that's where my passion is. It's been something we've kind of put on the shelf. We've sponsored athletes like Jenny Crop and Tyra Turner, Brooke Sweat, um, and people love our bikinis. They love our board shorts, but we haven't really expanded at the at the, the distribution at the retail level. Um, we've been meeting with a couple of huge, ridiculously huge retail chains that. Uh, really really uh very very interested in working with us and um and I'll say that um and also mention that at some point um well watch the bachelor I'm just going to say that watch the bachelor the TV show on January 21st I think it is and um I can't really talk much about it but you're going to see a lot of smack let's put it that way um <laughs> And that's gonna be that's gonna be really cool. We can talk about that briefly, but mark that on your calendars. You're gonna see a ton of volleyball, ton of ton of volleyball clothing on the Bachelor, and then and then like I said, from the e-commerce side, Kev, I think we uh, we have a huge opportunity to grow there too. You know, we've only touched the tip of the surface of what we can do, and now with capital uh, behind us, I've got some great staff internally. Um, We've really fine-tuned all our systems internally to turn things around a lot quicker, which we've been working on for the last six months to a year. So, you know, from the e-commerce side, I believe that's going to grow substantially as well. I wonder about the quality of the volleyball on The Bachelor. I am frequently disappointed when I see programs <laughs> featuring volleyball in any capacity. The quality is atrocious. <laughs> well, like I said, I can't really say much about it, but um, but – you know, I think I think anyone who likes volleyball is probably going to like this episode. Okay, I will definitely mark it on my calendar, January twenty first, The Bachelor, and I will have an A B C D grade for the volleyball playing or happenings goings on. Yeah, you'll definitely see. You'll definitely everybody out there will see some people they know, guaranteed. Excellent, excellent. How about the expectations now that you've gone public? How do the expectations of business performance-wise change for you guys? You mentioned the infusion of capital and the new capabilities you have, but what uh, what items are you expected to deliver, or how are you expected to perform differently? Yeah, you know, the, the, those that's the question that keeps me up at night every night. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, and, and for the last whatever it is, seventeen, eighteen years, um, all I've had to worry about is you know. There really hasn't been a whole lot. It's just been me as the sole owner. And now, you know, we have 160, I think, 180 investors um, who own shares. And, um, you know, we have to, you know, we're beholden to them now. It's uh, I'm still majority shareholder, but, 
but uh, we have to um, hit certain numbers and and grow the company and and really uh, you know increase our profit margins and now we really have to you know find ways to to do all those things as a public company we have to follow every letter of the law in terms of what the SEC requires and um, it, it, there's a lot of compliance that we have to deal with you know I've had to bring in we brought in a ridiculously experienced person named Charles Lesser is our CFO. He's um, He was uh, the original CFO with True Religion Jeans when they were doing $200,000 a year in business. They did the same thing we did, went small, you know, went, went public on the over-the-counter bulletin board and took their stock from $0.75 cents to $23 and their sales from 200000 to uh to 150 million over a period of, I think, six years. So, you know, wow. we, yeah. So we've yeah, we've saying. added some people who really know what they're doing, both from the SEC public company side as well as, you know, scaling a company like ours and really allowing it to to substantially grow. All right, we're going to get you out of here in a second where you can give some people some information about Smack and, and where they should check you out. But uh, we had a little fun fact come in here. It says here that you went to uh, University of Delaware. You're a fighting blue hen? Fighting blue hens. That's right. Love it. My mother and my entire family, my aunts and uncles are all fighting blue hens. And it says here you backed up Rich Gannon. That is correct. I, uh, Geez, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that you, Working with your brother this whole time, he never told me anything about your family. That's crazy. The Fighting Blue Hens. I loved it. You know, University of Delaware was a great place to go to college. And, and um, yeah, played, played football with Gannon back in the day. And uh, and uh, didn't get, you know, with him playing in front of me, he was a year ahead of me. Didn't get a whole lot of playing time. Let's put it that way. He was a stud. and uh, But it was, it was great times back there. Well, thank you definitely have worked out, I think, uh, for the betterment of our sport. Thank goodness you're not still in football. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Right. Enjoyed the ride. If you want to check out Smack Sportswear, where do they need to go if they need apparel or if they need team gear, they want to learn more about your company and how you might be able to meet their apparel needs? Yeah, they can go to smacksportswear.com. And uh, as well as, uh, so that'll, you know, everything on, on our company uh, everything regarding the public side of the business, you know, uh, with regards to um, financial reports and, you know, investment information and things like that, uh, it can be found on that site, our team apparel, our beach apparel, uh, you know, all that. And then uh, the VB Superstore is our e-commerce store. And, uh, you know, we actually sell shoes from Mizuno and Asics and knee pads and ankle braces and, you know, all kinds of different things, pretty much everything for volleyball. Fantastic. Bill Sigler is the owner and founder of Smack Sportswear, a company that has been getting it done since 1994 for the world of volleyball. It's made in the USA gear, and he's pushing the edges of what's possible and what's cool. Bill, thanks very much for being on the program, and I look forward to coming by and see the factory. Definitely. Come by anytime, guys. It was great talking with you. All right. Thanks, Bill. Bye thanks now. for the time. All right. See you all later. Yeah. Good stuff. By the way, that was Dustin Aball that texted me of with... Of course that knowledge of Bill. And I wrote him back and said he almost won the fifth man award for I was 2013 say, he's, already. He's pushing it. He's uh, pushing like, Yeah, Yeah. He said, he said the campaign is already on. What will Rosenthal and Hasek do? I mean, that's a big pull by Abel. 
I love that. Fighting blue hen. My entire family is fighting blue hens. Actually, my family, the Tordella family, I believe this is correct. If it's not correct, it's absolutely close. They have the most members of one family to graduate from the University of Delaware. Whoa. The How Tordella many? family. <laughs> That's awesome. Because my mom is one of nine, of no which way. eight graduated. Plus, my generation, the, the cousins, the, the nieces and nephews from that generation, there are five or six from that generation that have graduated from there. That's a lot of people. So a lot of people. So your kids should be able to go there for free. They should. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Except they don't have a volleyball program. No, my dad actually played basketball. Let's start working on that now. My yeah. dad played basketball for the Fighting Blue Hen. Awesome. Drafted into the NBA out of the Fighting Blue Hen program. Now you know. The fighting, Ken Barnett. Fighting Blue Hen. Fighting Blue Hen. I'll tell you what, I, I was impressed with the stuff that they had in their booth at AVCA convention because I, I've griped on this show before that I'm tired of looking at the same old stuff. I'm yeah. tired of the collar with the little stripe. Yes. I'm tired of the screened on number here with your university above it and the screened on number on the back. Enough already. And it's it's been too long for people to use the new techniques to push out some gear that looks Cool. We all know that I feel the libero should have flames or electricity or a happy face or something weird, something way different. Some scrolling messages across the front. Fine. Something way different on the libero. Because the whole point is the libero just has to look different. So let's have some fun. Make it a hockey helmet. I mean, with these, the capabilities that Bill has, that they're employing now with the sublimation, you can do anything. Yes. You can put anything on there. Yes. So look for I Got Next Set hats coming soon. I think that should be on our six-man bikinis. I Got, I got next, next Set? Yeah. But the fabric's kind of small. I don't know if it'll fit on the entire butt well, portion. There's, there's eight print. I mean, yeah. Depends on whose butt. But you have anyway. to say I have Next Set before every match. Yes. And then I, I, That's a little more appropriate than what we usually scream. I like how Kelly's butt has come up both times she's been on the show. She brought it up. <laughs> Sorry, um, my butt. I brought this up with Nicole before. When you played in college, Kelly, did you wear long sleeve jerseys? No. Because I'm curious about that. Like that you're trend. indoors. Yeah. I never understand those. Like I'm just. I wouldn't feel comfortable. Me neither. I, I, hate like I, always, I feel like I would always be pulling it up. High school, I wore them. But um, why though? I don't. But understand. I used to pull them up like this because I never passed, so it didn't make it. Passing wise, and I I used to see like in Danes. Era, I think Dane may have worn Dane long sleeves mm-hmm. even as late as 91 or so, 92. I've seen some long sleeves in photos at Pepperdine around that time still. I wouldn't feel comfortable passing with that on my arms. No, yeah. the touch is different. And yeah. why did, yeah. I'm just curious why that would even start. Like, are you cold? Fashion. I think it's actually the history of volleyball. Is it women? I think they were, they were more long sleeves. And they had to cover up. No, but I think long sleeves were more popular earlier. For diving on the floor, would be nice. You're not burning the heck out of your elbows and stuff. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if you look back in the, the history of volleyball, you would see more long sleeves, even not in the 20s or yeah. whatever, but in the, the 60s and 70s, I think you'll see long sleeves on with, a lot of guys. With buns? Well, on gals, yeah, you'll have buns. Long sure. sleeves and buns. I think buns Bring that back. back. Yeah, no. Bring the buns back. I love the buns. I'm I sorry, see... but pulling your Spanx down every 10 seconds is the most annoying thing ever. Okay, so you have Maryland, oh, don't have that problem. Oregon, you know, all these one-offs that they're doing. I want to see a volleyball team plunk down the couple hundred bucks it's going to be or whatever, get some buns made, and come out one time in 80s long sleeves and buns. I, I'm all about it. Do it, just for a match. Why just, not? Just for fun. Like, put some fun back in the sport. Quit. There's so much protocol 
in the damn sport, whether it's the NCAA or the FIVB, which is worse when you get to the international level of the anthems and the subbing and the paddles and all that. And the shorts being have to be in Oh, the inseam, the two-inch yeah, yeah. inseam, yeah, which looks terrible. But let's put some fun back into the sport. That's what those uniforms are about at Oregon and about and at Maryland and stuff like that. Is it's about fun and just kind of a, a nostalgia for some stuff when you're talking about retro or pushing the envelope today. Do that in volleyball. It doesn't cost that much money. Listen, your, your programs, you got, you have money. You don't have millions of dollars. But you only need 16 uniforms. It's not that big a deal. Get a sponsor. Get somebody to do it. Bring back something fun. Wear some different jerseys once in a while. Besides jerseys, do you feel like volleyball is just a more uptight sport? Yes, stagnant. Because? I don't know. And To me, it's an example of it was in 1991. I was brand new to the sport. No, 92. I was brand new to the sport. I had just moved to California. My uncle got me VIP seats for Manhattan Beach, for Manhattan Open, like Saturday, you know, whatever, Saturday, Sundays. And I was down there on a Saturday sitting in the VIP seats. And I'm sitting there with a friend of mine from high school, from Illinois, and we're talking the whole time and this and that and cheering. And, and the guy behind me says, hey, can you be quiet? We, we This is like tennis. You need to be quiet. We, we watch this during the points. Like, like, seriously, guy? Like, really? It shouldn't be like that. And people do spectate it like tennis here. We've said this before on the program. It's California. Go to Europe. That's how volleyball needs to get done. Go to a Poland match, either a league match or an international match. Watch one of those. The horn machines, the drum. Right. We had a guy, a Turkish guy in college, bring in the drum and be beating the drum during one of our matches. They threw him out. Cut it out. Make it fun. It needs to be fun for the fans. It's got to be great atmosphere. A drum pounding. If you are as a player, can't play when a drum is pounding, go play golf. That's where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Don't play volleyball. You would die if you had to play in any place but the United States. Make some noise, people. Yeah, I said it before. All the years doing the AVP stuff, they're like, oh, we want to make it like an international event. I'm like, sure. The fans then bring those, Then bring those fans. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're thank not, you. It's not, I could be the greatest DJ in the world, but the fans aren't going to get up and party like they do overseas. It's just not going to happen. Did you watch the Olympics? Yeah. Did you see the costumes? Yeah. Costumes everywhere. Superheroes. Gorillas. People with huge cardboard wings. Beautiful women from Bulgaria with angel wings. I mean, unbelievable the atmosphere that was there. I didn't know that nobody else did it. I've said before on this show, I didn't know that volleyball was the only place where the costume became part of showing up. You had people go to a costume shop. He's like, all right, I got Captain America. Okay, I got the Hulk. And uh, all right, I'll I'll take the Rock or whatever. Fantastic Four. Like, fantastic. They show up and they have all those uniforms on. Woody is there and, you know, Buzz Lightyear. And like, what are you guys doing? It's fantastic. Yeah. The Polish fans are not quiet. The Brazilian fans are not quiet. That's not the way the sport is watched across the world. And it needs to stop being the way the sport is watched here. It's not tennis. I'm sorry. We can't be quiet and just politely applaud and then look at our Rolex and decide if we're going to stay or not. You're wearing some crappy watch. Put on a costume, go crazy, and make the sport cool again. I will say though, at the um, in Long Beach last summer, 
when the men's team was in town. Fantastic. We yes. had a great turnout. People were dressed up. But it was also, again, it was the United States versus another country, which is what you're missing in beach in the United States. You know True. So you have like you have four Americans on the sand who were you cheering for. Outside of Rosie's Raiders, nobody else is getting it done. Correct. As far as cheering goes. Now, could I get really amped and crazy to cheer for uh, Phil and Todd? Probably not. Well, you don't have to anymore. Well, I just, I couldn't. You can't go crazy when your brand is not crazy. True. Agree with that. You can't have, like, Phil and Todd's crazies. That can't be a section. It could be Phil and Todd's mostly polite, uh, respectful, quiet fans. Keenan had, like, a band from Pepperdine that would come... Keenan's awesome. And do stuff. Cool. But he's not a crazy guy either. But, like, they would come every once in a while. I think maybe it was... He's got some friends from Pepperdine yeah. that are a little off, which is great. <laughs> That's what you need. No doubt. <laughs> you need that. All right. We need to take a break here on the Net Live. We have the ABCA College Volleyball Weekly coming up next. Uh, we'll still discuss some beach. Don't let me forget about that. And then there was one co- really funny comment. Old school volleyball on Facebook. Uh-oh. Getting me fired up again, and <laughs> I almost posted. They almost drove me to post. But I'm going to detail it on this show. We'll be right back. The net line. I've been holding out so long. I've been sleeping all alone. Lord, I miss you. I've been hanging on the phone. I've been sleeping all alone. I won't catch you. Asking what's 
The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute, integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. SpireInstitute.org. Welcome back to the Net Live, 7th of January 2013. I have to scribble a three over the two. I always have that problem when you have you, I haven't messed that up yet this year. Well, I, I just did right here. That was the first <laughs> right time. Right now? But you don't have to write the date that much anymore. It's not like you write checks. Like you used to write checks, and that would, that. Be, I know, so that would be an issue. We have the College Volleyball Weekly coming up here shortly. We'll have Jay and Mike checking in. But I, I want to get on the beach for just a second because uh, old school volleyball on Facebook got me a little fired up this past Sweet. week. And they spent a lot of time talking about how awesome the game was way back when and oh, how the rules didn't change. And it was just, you know, it was pure and this and that. I'm like. Sorry. Then they go through a bunch of rule changes that that were being made during the time. Like you know, yeah. guys, the same experiment was going on. Uh, you just don't remember it, and you thought that that was okay because you were there then, and now you're just a I don't know. You're sitting behind your computer and getting a little bitter. Um, they they said something about the FIVB and how the FIVB will never be what the AVP was, and then went on with a couple of other things about how bad the FIVB is. And what my thought was, you're right. You're right. The FIVB will never be what the AVP was. Because you know what the FIVB is not going to do? Go out of business three times. <laughs> You're right. They'll figure out a way to make money and sustain the sport and grow the tour across the world. You're right. They're not going to be the AVP. Jesus. Yeah, I want to know. I want them to tell whoever posted that. I want them to explain that to me. Because, first of all, they're two different things. Because the FIVB is sponsored by the governments in the countries that put on those events. Well, no, I mean, they, they have the federations they collect fees from, but the FIVB sells sponsorship and runs a tour, yeah. which, by the way, didn't make money till a year ago or yeah. whatever it was. But Didn't make money until a year ago? Correct. Right. Took money from indoors to finance beach. Okay. Yeah, not in, the, not in the black, still in the red, like every other tour that's ever been run here, except maybe Corona Wide Open. Why would anybody? AVP, always in the red. Always, including this last year, guaranteed. No way those events got ran under budget from whatever the sponsorships were that remained. Donaldson's putting in money. And I, I don't say it to fault Donald at all. Donald, if you can build it, build it, please. I'd like to see volleyball be successful. But the AVP does not have a good business history. The FIVB, on the other hand, last time I checked, they have a $30 million building in Lausanne, Switzerland. Probably more. But like you said, though, they're not making money either until this last year. Oh, or yeah, a year before. It might have been two years yeah. ago. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. It yeah. was recent. So how do you recreate that here? 
what they do. No, it's we it's don't have enough show. because it's international and it's taking up so much more space than it would here, right? We do not have a whole show, but the old school volleyball people only remember the AVP AVP versus FIVB days when the AVP was winning. Well, you know what? You won a couple of battles. The war was yeah. lost a long time ago, folks. And again, so don't put ignorant posts up there like that. That it will never be what it is. I mean, come on, guys. You can lament and 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 enjoy the past, no problem. But to hate on the now and purport that a brand that has gone in and out of existence several times is better than the brand that now has been around for 20 years, I don't think that's I think that's a little over the top even for the internet. And look, if it was so good back in the day, if that's their argument, then just do what they did back then and we'd be back to where they were, right, by their argument. No, they've tried that. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they're saying that... <laughs> that's what they keep doing. No, I know that. And that's it my point, work. is that it doesn't work. No, it was lightning in a bottle. It was... It doesn't work. There's no sustaining feature to the beach volleyball model. And I'm not sure how to change it. There, there are no answers here to how to change the beach volleyball model to be successful. I don't have the answer. And I, I hope that's only because I'm not creative enough to think of it. At this point, my opinion increasingly is that there is no way to do it. I hate to be the pessimist, but there, I don't know the way you do it to the level that is expected. It's going to find its level, but there's going to be four people that make any money at this thing. Everybody else is going to be between the ages of 21 and 25 with no family, no kids, or maybe 27, no responsibilities, living in a, renting a garage here in Redondo or Hermosa. That's what it's going to be. I lost my train of thought. I Sorry. had something really good to say that would have just blown the show <laughs> wide open. <laughs> but no. All right. I apologize. We have some guys that have called next set. I hate you. <laughs> but you still need to play the music. I know. <laughs> Each week, the NetLive is proud to present the College Volleyball Weekly in association with the American Volleyball Coaches Association. I love being in association with an association. And we have shifted our focus since mid-December when the national championship was won by Jared Elliott, Salima Rockwell, and Eric Sullivan down there in Texas. It now turns to the men. We start talking about names like UCI, UCLA, Pepperdine, BYU, Lewis, Penn State, and others. So we have our correspondents all lined up. You know him, you love him, Mike Sondheimer of UCLA. He bleeds light blue. How are things? Gets cut. And also Jay Hosick of Penn State. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our turn finally. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? Happy New Year to everybody. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Hey, good to hear you guys. The Santa Barbara tournament just completed. Impressions, Mike Sondheimer. UC Irvine got to be tough for anybody to beat. They are very, very good. Um, John Spraw makes a big difference at UCLA. Lewis and Loyola Chicago both disappoint when they're out here. And UC San Diego is going to have maybe the best team in school history. Wow, UCSD. How about that? All right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I wouldn't count Lewis and Loyola out yet. Here's the reason why. Uh, Loyola had half their team with stomach flu on that weekend. 
I know that's not saying much, but I'd like to see you all be successful when you've traveled 3,000 miles and you have the stomach flu. So don't count them out yet. Uh, definitely not a good showing this weekend, and, and kudos to the teams that beat them. But uh, I agree with Sandy. UC Irvine, um, under new head coach uh, Niffin, David Niffin, did a real nice job this weekend, and I'm not even sure if Tilly swung. I think he was just kind of no. playing libero a little bit. So if that's the case... They're the team that's going to be gunning for the top spot all year long, and I think BYU showed on TV this weekend why they are going to be in the hunt as well from the MPSF. Uh, Taylor Sander uh, definitely uh, showed the reason why he will be in contention for player of the year this year as well. So uh, those are, are some, some good teams this year. And, and then Pepperdine, Stanford, and USC will all be in the mix too. Yep, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that was the name that I was kind of missing hearing there was USC. Where are they at? We've seen Bill Ferguson work some miracles, but where are they starting the year? I think they're going to be better than people think, and the reason is, I mean, everybody put so much on Sorelli, and he graduated, and Sandrick was good in the middle. They got everybody else back. They've had three really good recruiting years in a row. they got a solid setter in Micah Christensen, which is so important in men's volleyball. So I think that they're going to be you know, right there and really surprise teams. Well, I think for USC, though, and Sandy, you can add to this, is ha- not having Madison McKibben in. He's redshirting this year. We'll be back next year. I think next year is more their year. It's possible. I, th- I think that the problem is going to be is that SC will be good now. I think a year from now there will be some other teams that could be better because realistically um, most of the teams are actually younger in the country, Penn State included. And I think that, that whatever you got, volleyball this year I think is going to be a lot of balance, a lot of five-set matches, a lot of close four. I think next year the teams at the top will be that much better. Okay, Jay, pitch me then. Why is Penn State going to be awesome? Why you? Well, I know you're going to dominate. <laughs> Why, why would they I have Jay Hossick, so of course they're, they're awesome. Jay Hossick oh, is great. Oh, Sandy, remind me to give you a 20 next time I see it. No, here's I think Sandy's absolutely right. I think there's a lot of youth um, in, in a lot of teams this year. And uh, I think uh, SC, along with Pep and along with us, um, it's going to be one of those years where I think we're going to win some matches that maybe we shouldn't. I think we're going to lose some matches that maybe we should uh, or shouldn't. And I think whatever team gets hot at the right moment at the right time is going to be uh, you know a team to contend with. So um, you know we're we're young just like everybody else. And I, and I, again I think BYU and I think uh, I think UC Irvine those are the two teams right now that have the bullseyes on their back. All right, how about UC Irvine? This is an interesting situation where the defending national champion gets a new coach but not really a new coach. Get sort of an old coach. It seems like the the transition, obviously the Santa Barbara tournament indicates that the transition is going to be a little bit easier. Well, I'll tell you what, David Niffin, uh, when Sparad decided that this was it, it was his time to move on, he was uh, in contention with uh, with none other than, than the head coach for the women's national team. And I think because of just the direction things were going, I think Karch decided it was better for him to stay with the USA team. And it was a no-brainer uh, that Niffin was not low second man on that list. He was right there with Karch. It would have been a dogfight either way. Niffin knows the program inside and out. He was a student there. He was an assistant coach there. He recruited all those kids that played on that team last year. They actually started a Facebook page. Uh, I think I forgot the name of it off the top of my head, but it was something effective, you know, hire David Niffin to be our next head coach. And he got a ton of hits. I mean, that was the right guy for that job. And Niffin, uh, hats off to him, uh, you know, moves out to Illinois for a year, decides to come back and take over for his alma mater, and that's just an awesome way to go. So hats off to Niffin. He's doing a great job so far. Mike, is he going to keep wearing Letterman sweaters and stuff? I mean, how is his apparel going to work out? 
Everything is just fine. Everything everything is uh, very classy. I think the whole sport of men's volleyball, the coaches have gotten a lot more classy, a lot better dressed in the last 10 years. <laughs> Even Jay actually dresses up sometimes for his warm-up. Yeah, don't, don't hold your breath too long. Okay. <laughs> I haven't heard is the 2011 champion, Ohio State. What is the situation there other than they have Mitchell Beal, son of head coach Doug Beal? Yeah, no, they. Uh, I think anybody over there will tell you it's kind of a little bit of a, a rebuilding time for them. They lose, uh, you know, the, the workhorse for the last four years, Sean Sangri. He was uh, great. Who's, yeah, he's, you know, the kid, from what I heard, he, he took a couple weeks off afterwards and I used to shoulder for a while. So he's overseas <laughs> playing right now. Uh, the rest of the team is... is uh, kind of a mixture of young and old, uh, but I think they're kind of realizing that you know they're going to start building maybe for for 14 or 15 this year. They're going to they're going to be in the hunt, but I think it's going to be Lewis and Loyola that are going to be the ones that, that kind of maybe head and shoulders above them for right now. Is anyone going to give you any push there for Penn State? Or are you guys going to have to rely on your non-league? Match? No, you know what? It, last year I think was the was the starting point of it. You know, Pav and I and, and Colin uh, and, and a lot of the coaches agree this is probably the most even year that the EIVA has had in a long time. And Pav says in his history since he's been here, this, he's never seen it so dead even. Uh, Princeton with uh, um, their head coach Sam Swiesky has done a nice job in recruiting. Uh, St. Francis has gotten bigger all the way around. George Mason has got has not graduated anybody from last year, and they were pretty good last year. And Harvard only lost one guy. Um, this is going to be a year that I think the EIBA is going to be a test for everybody. I, I don't think that – I think clearly – You know those coaches that always like, you know, every year always downplay and downplay and downplay and downplay. You know, Penn State's going to win the league. Penn State's going to be in the NCAA semis at Los Angeles at UCLA May 2. Don't worry. Just count it in. Mark it in. I mean, I, you know, I, I like the sob story coming in. Penn State's better, you know, in some ways going to be better than last year. They've got a better – their passing is better. I think they're going to be solid, and they're going to be really good. And let's stop, let's stop that. The other teams are better, but it's still Penn State. <laughs> Sandy, I, I don't want to hear this. Sandy. I don't want to hear this next four months. <laughs> You're not going to hear it the next four months. Cannot <laughs> power Princeton to an EIVA victory. Princeton's going out to play Santa Barbara and San Diego here in a few weeks. I think you're going to be surprised. They're a good team. We saw them in the fall. Schwagler is back. Uh, yeah. and, uh, the recruiting's and, and, going well, too. Their future's yeah. very bright. And Cody Kessel, uh, if he's not in the hunt, if he has a good year, he could be in the hunt for a, an All-American position. I think that has not happened since 97. Sandy, am I correct? Correct. When they got to the upset Penn State that one time. Yeah, so they're, they're going to be pretty darn good. And I, I'm excited to see how well they do out there. So, don't uh, don't don't tip your hat yet to them uh, and count them out. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be pretty good. All right, Jay, I'm going to keep you out there for a second now in the Miva with Lewis and Loyola, Lewis and Dan Friend. I mean, they're kind of bringing this program back from from the death throes a couple of years ago when they had to stop bringing in professional Puerto Ricans. <laughs> Well, you know, Division Two does have different NCAA rules than everybody else. There is actually a clause that allows them to have a player play one year professionally before they come back to play. And so there is a little bit different NCAA interpretation there. So, uh, But to Dan Friend's credit, uh, you know, he was at Newman. Uh, I believe he took him to the NAIA finals one year and then got hired at Lewis when Dave Doyser was let go. 
that program faced the death penalty for sure of any program in men's volleyball. And, you know, when you take that job, uh, first of all, it's not like you're living in the hustle and bustle of Chicago. You're living in Romeoville, which is about an hour and a half outside of Chicago, in the middle of nowhere. You're at a school that's a small Division II program, not a relatively large name unless you're in the aeronautical field. Uh, and, you know, you're not exactly known as a powerhouse for sports. And so he took that program and built it from the ground up again and has brought them back into national prominence. And that's a, that's congratulations to him. He worked his butt off to get that program back to where it is and to become a national name again. The Blues Brothers. Got out the of Blues it. Brothers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dan's done a great job there. I think you know his program, like Chicago's come up. Sean Davis done a really nice job, and Pete's done an amazing job at Ohio State. And the Midwest volleyball and ball state's going to be better this year. And Arnie's at you know IPFW. I think you have to look at the whole country. I think the 22 Division One teams and a few Division Two, it's solid around the country in men's because of the four and a half scholarships. Everybody's got somebody. And on a given yep. night, I think that it's so close a given team can beat another team because of that. Yep. Yep. What about the MPSF? Give me some predictions here, Sondheimer. Somebody will beat UC Irvine during the year. They will not go unbeaten. How's that for a first prediction? I think that uh, the lower teams in the MPSF are very, very stronger compared to last year. I think Santa Barbara is going to be improved. Long Beach, I think, is going to be a decent team. As I said earlier, I like UC San Diego. I think they'll be better. UOP is going to be improved. So I, th- I think you're not going to have really those easy matches. And then Cal Baptist coming in. God, Cal Baptist, can't, you know, they should have won the first game against UC Irvine over at the Santa Barbara tournament. So they're new. With 13 teams in there, Hawaii's got some players. I think it's just going to be a real interesting interesting league because you're going to see some surprises along the way. Mm. All right. Parity is the word for 2013. We had a question off the chat board, and I think it's a good one. Is Roy helping out at IPFW, and what is a gold medalist setter worth? <laughs> Last I heard he was. Uh, and you know what? That that's, that's an invaluable tool to have, huh? Some kind of resource there. He might have a connection, though. I don't know. You know, maybe the last name Bull. He might know somebody there and get him a job. But uh, yeah, he's helping out a little bit. How nice is that for the setters of that program? All right, matches to look forward to. Sandy, take me through this week. I think what you have to look at is um, UCLA and Northridge open up. Northridge team I haven't met. Northridge is a team that's up and down. Jeff Campbell's done a really nice job, and they thought this year they're going to definitely be in the MPSF tournament. That's at Poly Pavilion tomorrow night. And if you haven't been to the new Poly Pavilion for volleyball, it's spectacular. Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, a few others. I'm interested to see what UC San Diego against Pepperdine is going to do this upcoming weekend. I think. I don't think San Diego is the walkover team that they were maybe 10, 12 years ago. I think they're a team now that is a contender. I know they were real close last year to make it to the playoffs. I think the closest they've ever been. And Pepperdine, I think, is is on the cusp of being a powerhouse again. But I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure if they're there yet. So I want to see that match. I'm going to be interested to see what St. Francis and IPFW do. IPFW is rebuilding, and they got a couple of nice players that have gone in this past couple of years. They're now getting to a mature state. I like to see what's going to happen there. I'm going to see what Lewis and BYU is going to do. Uh, I'm going to see if Lewis is is capable of pulling out from the nosedive that they had this past weekend, and obviously the outrigger, uh, UCLA, Ohio State, us, and Hawaii this upcoming weekend, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to be a part of that. Are you going to predict Penn State over UCLA? That should be a good early prediction for you. Oh, I'll tell you what, if you made that prediction Sunday, I'm not going to balk too much. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. Get out of hot Happy Valley and uh, go have some cheese at the outrigger. What's the weather today in Happy Valley? 
Uh, right now it's about 35 degrees, and there's about eight inches of snow that's been on the ground for the last few days, so I'm not going to complain. And my wife just got out of surgery, so uh, unfortunately I will not be here to help her out, but I will be thinking about her fondly while I'm learning my toes in the sand. Oh, my God, who's cooking? How are you eating? <laughs> I'm going to Hawaii. I'm going to eat sushi and fresh fish all week long. <laughs> Well, hey, Jay and Sandy, thanks so much for checking in. We'll look forward to hearing from you next week and all the way through the men's season. Sounds like it's going to be a good one. should be a lot of fun. I think there's going to be a lot of quality. Parity is definitely going to be the word. Absolutely. It's going to be a great year. There will be eight matches on Pac-12. I'll be doing seven of those. It'll be uh, some decent coverage. You need a good statistician. Pepperdine making a bunch of appearances. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. Thank you, gentlemen. Much appreciated. Thanks, everybody. Take care. See ya. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Week number one for men's season. We're going to take a short break here on the Net Live. Kevin, Kelly, and Jeremy are going to be right back. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about the state of beach and kind of where we think things are going to go with beach. And we would talk about the men's national team new head coach, but update. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. There still isn't one. Eesh. That's an issue, right? That's got to be an issue. Yeah, it's a problem. Punch the music. Volleyball Mag, the industry's number one volleyball magazine. Volleyball Magazine has been serving the volleyball community for over 20 years with the latest in volleyball news and information, product reviews, athlete profiles, fitness, health, and travel-related features. It's published nine times a year. Volleyball Magazine brings you the inside to the access to sports' biggest stars. Whether you're interested in junior, collegiate, or professional level, sand or indoor, Volleyball Magazine has you covered both on and off the court. Visit us now. Do it. www.volleyballmag.com and subscribe for one year for only $19.99. Do that now and receive a new water bottle, a $49 value, free compliments of our friends at Naturally Energized Water Bottle Company. Volleyball Mag, the industry's number one volleyball mag.
You're gone, gone, gone away. I watched you disappear. All this life is a ghost of you. Now it's torn, torn, torn apart. There's nothing we can do. Just let me go and meet again soon. Oh, we're live. But keep oh, talking. Jeez, we're we're live. This is like when they cut back in at the commercial PTI. Yeah, we're just talking about Instagram, and I've been uh, Instagramming. You're an Instagram whore. I am. I, I post a lot of stuff on Instagram, but I was laughing because one of the ones that I was very proud of and posted and liked, and I I have up on my phone is wallpaper and stuff. I watched the co- stupid college humor. I think it is uh, parody song about Instagram done to oh, Nickelback's photograph. Oh, so good. Yeah. Okay. So. So one the one that he shows, one of the ones that he shows in that thing where they, they show like the picture, it is the exact picture that I took. It's not my yes. photo, but it looks identical to this photo that I took. It's framed the same way. It's just a different aircraft, but it still has a little end I've on I've definitely it. taken those pictures. And oh, all the selfies, awesome. my boyfriend makes so much fun of everyone that takes selfies. The one picture of the girl that's in the bathroom and there's a turd in the toilet and uh, she's like half naked. It's like... Flush the toilet before you take a picture of yourself. Look at, look at, that's art. That's Palace Verdi the other day. I don't take self photos oh, of myself. What do you got, Kevin? I, it's Palace Verdi the other day. Look at that. Nice. You're an artiste. That's me. I'm Ansel Adams. Or I'm the host of the Minute Live. Whichever. Got biscuits at my mom's. Oh, I like this one. This was New Year's. I like that we're talking about photos that nobody else can it's see. Okay, it's okay. It's radio. It's <laughs> radio. Oh, nice. I threw a bunch of fireball in the fire and oh. took the picture at that moment. Perfect. That's gnarly. Yeah. It's fun. Fireball whiskey. I don't know why it's so popular now. It's just the name. Yeah, it's all good. Fireball cinnamon whiskey. Beach volleyball. Beach volleyball. Bringing it back to volleyball here on the net live. Speaking Monday of whiskey, morning. beach volleyball. We hope that you're getting a chance to uh, to listen to this program. It is free on iTunes. Make sure you search volleyball or search uh, the net live in iTunes, and it will be free. The right price for the volleyball world. Beach volleyball. <laughs> Speaking of free. So sad. So true. I'm beginning to wonder about the involvement of IMG. Okay. We're working on James Lights. Mm -hmm. Out of town this week. Mm -hmm. We'll get him. But I wonder, no schedule so far. AVP, no schedule so far. Mm -hmm. Jeremy has his hand up. You have information. No, I was going to let you finish your statement before I jumped in. Uh, but just raising my hand so you knew I was going to say The it. wide open, that. according to Steve Lindecki, who, who would be in the know, not coming back. Yeah, ever. NVL, 
I've got some serious question marks around that. They posted some scheduled stuff on their site. Okay. Information. I have no information. But what I'm going to say of all the years I've been involved with beach volleyball, the schedule won't come out until March. And then three weeks later, an event will happen. I think we've had that discussion each time. Because I got a question from a friend in the volleyball world who had a player who wants to play and said, hey, what do you know about the landscape? And I said, I have no earthly notion with the landscape. I know the CBVA is going to run tournaments, but you can't pay your rent in beach chairs and shark watches. You're right. You're 100. Sorry, I was looking at the message board. But I guess that you don't even get beach chairs or shark watches at CBVA anymore, which you used to. Look, I still um, have a Bud Light foldout chair. I think from CBVA Victory. I think I want to be or something. The NFL, <laughs> the NBA, they have an easier time pre-planning their schedules. Beach volleyball is not that easy. And at first, when I started with AVP, it was frustrating because I was like, I have to plan my summer. Right. But you don't give. I don't know an event date. And literally three weeks later, I'm on a plane to Florida for Fort Lauderdale or whatever. Um, it's hard. There's so many permits and things that have to go into each city. And sometimes the cities don't know their schedule yet and aren't willing to pre-plan that far ahead for whatever reason. Um, there's just all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on. So I'm not giving up on beach volleyball this summer until we get to, like, March 1st and I haven't heard a schedule. Until then, I'm not going to panic. Well, and also, don't you think that the fan base, this isn't a fan base that needs to know six months in advance. We already said that that's one of the biggest problems. So If you want to grow the sport, you need to know six months in advance. But right. the people who are already fans are going to go mm-hmm. anyways. But that's, yeah, who cares about those people? They're already in. You that, can, you can abuse else. the heck out of them that's, like they have for the last three years, and those people are still in. It's always been my argument. They'll get on Volley Talk, all ten of them, and complain, and you'll still show up. Well, I've always said, too, and obviously it's easier said than done, and I'm not behind the scenes making these schedules, but if you go to Chicago the first week of August, let's say, you need to make it that every single year. Yep. So then people who aren't looking at the schedule, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember they came the first weekend, and it should just be there again. Try to make a habit of it. Yep. Again, easier said than done, but – and that's like a five-year plan. Like all the stops that Cuervo went to – the first year they were in, and then last year they went back to all those same stops. They need to go to those same stops again. Unless they totally suck. But There weren't any events last year. Like, there's some where they're... I thought Florida was a little sketchy from what I remember. It was because um, it was like spring break week or something was going on. Like I don't Miami. like those excuses. No, I'm with you, but I'm just saying, like, that's normally a good market. You can't just give up on it after one year. You gotta. I think you need to go to the same market at least five years in a row before you can give up on it. Okay. Because after three years, of like people are like by the third year, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember my friends went to that the last two years. Maybe I'll check it out this year. And you're going to go again, and then it's not there. Then you're done. Then you're going to have to waste another five years to get those people to come back. We're going to find out from James Lights what IMG's commitment level is going into year number three. You heard him say last year on this program that they could not lose as much money as they did in year one in year two. That was before year two began. It was around this time of year last year, mm-hmm. probably a couple months later. We're going to hear from James again. I'm interested to know how this year went as far as a business goes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what the sponsorship climate was like. You heard Steve Lindecki a couple of weeks ago on this program say that there are too many people talking to the same sponsors. People are getting confused and don't like having to deal with three different entities selling the same thing. And I want to hear from the source. But unfortunately, I'm a bit pessimistic about what's happening. And Which then we is had further, totally understandable the state that beach volleyball has been in. 
We have further reports that the AVP, AVP blew off something they were supposed to do. Now, just a report. Don't send me an email. We've got to talk to Donald. Uh, we have to talk to Donald's son, owner of the AVP, about what happened at convention if something did in fact occur and what the state of his brand is. I sat with him at the All-American Banquet. Nice opportunity to talk with him a little bit, learn a bit, little bit more about him. And I'm interested to hear where things stand for this year. We never really got to that. I had to go back up on stage and ask some stupid questions. But I'm interested to hear where he's at, what he's going to do differently with the model, what his thoughts are on how to make a business of it. Or is this just a hobby and it's okay to lose money, Philip Anschutz style, to build something very long-term, which is what Philip Anschutz did for soccer. Yeah, said, I will lose $22 million a year ad nauseum to make this happen. Is that a possibility with Donald? What is his goal? When does he need to have money back out of yep. this, presumably an investment, not a play toy? Well, when he came on the show the first time after buying it, I, he didn't say that. He was like, oh, I'm just in it to have fun. It was it was a business decision for him. He thinks there's opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know how that opportunity is going. Because thinking there's an opportunity and getting involved and having to do it, two very different things. That's why much more respect to Bill Sigler on the show earlier from Smack Sportswear for for surviving, for making it and getting it done. I mean, to make it through the lean years like that, that's tough. It's not easy. So I have a question. False. Sort of related to That's why we bring you here. Please. I know. Sand volleyball in college now. Mm -hmm. Becoming big. Mm -hmm. We'll get bigger over the years. I think it's awesome. Growing the sport in a different way. But say you play sand in college without beach volleyball being as big as it once was in the opportunities. Not My question is, what is not what's the point? Because not the end all be all to play professionally but where's the pipeline lead to nowhere yes just like indoor nowhere or olympics well but but there's so many more opportunities indoor well yeah but overseas right a very small percentage of women actually touch that compared to the overall total that play right they tried to put what how many pro leagues for women here indoor right five six but that's any pro sport though it thins out as you get to the top. Yeah. And I think it's fine yeah. that there aren't as many opportunities. I just think that people's eyes are on the sport when there it is bigger professionally. So I guess my question is, how does that True. impact sand volleyball in college and people wanting to play that sport? I think sand grows on its own based on the participation from clubs. There's now some sand clubs, but also from indoor clubs. You have kids that have a unique set of skills, can play the whole game. They just don't happen to be six foot four, mm-hmm. and those kids are getting weeded out. And I, I think that sand volleyball will provide an opportunity for the six twos, the six ones, the five elevens, even down to the five eights if you're exceptional, a la Holly McPeak or somebody like that, mm-hmm. five nine, whatever. Uh, that that you'll have that. And I don't think professional success for beach volleyball has any impact at all on the success or failure of sand. Well, they didn't market sand in college as oh play. Sand in college, you'll get experience so you can play professionally sand. No, it's you know, about getting an education and yeah. opportunities for women and balancing numbers. It's another opportunity. Right. I mean, they have six scholarships for crying out loud. But it could lead to Olympics. Like other female sports in college do, there's no professional like right. softball and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, softball is a team. You have more people that can play in the Olympics as opposed to beach. But 
that would be another opportunity. If there's no pro beach in the United States, how else are you going to get people to the Olympics? So that's sort of the new training ground then for the Olympics. That, would be that and then USAV Beach. Yeah. Right. USAV Beach is becoming a national team. You're going to have a coach you're assigned. You're going to have a schedule you're assigned. You're going to have housing you've been assigned, and you're going to have practice times. It's not all on you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's going to be – and that's okay for a 21-year-old to come out of college. Perfect. And oh, perform yes, necessary. those off-the-court duties to the level needed to be successful, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. To be able to construct a team around you to make that happen, a trainer, a, a therapist, a coach, a schedule, a partner, how many 21-year-olds you know can do that? Right. Well, especially to compete with the rest of the world who are already doing that kind of stuff already for Correct. their younger kids. So the national team is the future of beach. And I increasingly think for beach, the national team and its lack of attention for three and a half years or three years, nine months is the future of beach. Say that again. I'm confused. I think that beach now, and I've asked this question before we said on this program USAB. was, hold on. Okay. Was what, the, which beach are we referring to? Just beach volleyball in oh, general. Okay. Was the inclusion of beach volleyball to the Olympics good or bad for beach volleyball? Kelly? I don't... Well, answer that question for me, and then I'll tell you what I think, but was it good or bad for beach volleyball to become an Olympic sport? Good. There's so many eyes on the sport now. Yeah, how could it be bad? Yeah. That's my question. Whether it builds the sport or not, it's not a negative. When was the last time the AVP was its biggest? Before it was an Olympic sport. Uh, When did the downslide start? When it became an Olympic sport. 1997. Right? But I think that's just... Is that coincidence, though? Could be. I like where you're going with this. But that's why I said the obvious answer would be, of course, the attention, the pageantry, they're on in prime time, all this stuff, right? This last year, more beach volleyball than I think has ever been shown in the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. More indoor volleyball than has ever yeah, been shown, right? Up. But it's in prime time beach every single night. What has it meant? Well, that would be. For that, the sport professionally. That's my question then. Nothing. Does it build the sport? It doesn't hurt it. How is it but I the think sport? you get caught in the cycle. It's like swimming. Because the average fan, again, trying to expand the fan base, because we already have the crazies. You already have the, the volley dorks. Volley dorks are already in. The casual fan now, if even if they encounter volleyball for the next three years from today, thinks, oh, yeah, that sport. I'm going to watch that next time the Olympics comes on. <laughs> I think that's what happens. Go, oh, yeah, oh, I love that. I'm going to watch that in, in the Olympic Games when it comes back. It's not, I'm going to go to a tournament. I think you've put a, you've set out a premium product and that people, they identify with that premium product. I don't think there's any middle product that people identify with. And I don't know that it's necessarily, to your point, hurt it, but I don't think there's any way you can say it's benefited it. It has been on a constant downslide on a professional level all the way to the bottom where we're at, or maybe the bottom where we were in 2010, maybe we're just off the bottom now, mm-hmm. since it became an Olympic sport. Compared to indoor, so say the same thing about indoor and what the Olympics do for college volleyball, say. How does that, how does that impact the viewers and, and the audience? Are there more people watching indoor volleyball after this summer's Olympics of seeing those teams? Where can they watch it, though? I don't think so. No, no, I, I don't think it has. That's why I say I think they're caught now in the indoor cycle. Welcome, Beach, 
to the indoor cycle. Yeah. You're you're obscure nowhere for three and a half years. Then you get a few media organizations to talk to you. You have the Olympics. You're a pretty big deal in the Olympics. It's fun. It's great. You think it's the beginning of something. Three weeks later, no one gives a rat's ass. Yeah. It's also watching beach. If you go to an Olympic beach volleyball event, it's 100 times more exciting than a domestic beach volleyball event. Yes. So that could deter that as well. Same with swimming, by the way. Swimming domestically, I have been hired to work some of those events. They're boring. There's nobody there. No, or are there's, there people there's, there? There's some people there. Yeah, I think swimming does a little better job of servicing their core. And they're also, like, the events I did, it was USA versus Australia. So yeah. it was international, but it's still not It's not going to be as exciting as the Olympics, for sure. And, yeah, and it can't be, right? Nobody's showing up to Manhattan Beach in a costume, except for maybe Garthoff. Well, and the guy from Westside Reynolds. That, oh, yep, that guy. No. Yeah. That's not a costume, though. That's like his everyday wear. By the way, <laughs> I totally saw him in normal clothes driving down the street one day, and it was Softward. the weirdest Softward. experience of my life. Mm-hmm. They let him drive? Yes. <laughs> uh, Cam is talking about curling on the chat board. We're not even going to reference that. It's curling. <laughs> it's Sorry, Cam. Canada, man. I, you know what? I had a bet. Oh. And who was it? Paul. I saw Paul Baxter Paul yesterday. Baxter. I saw him yesterday. Okay, I'm in. But you, where's the nearest curling venue? Paul, I will, I will, I'll get you in touch okay. with Paul. He'll Find take out. you, and you will be awful. I, you gave me 100 shots. 100. And you to won't put land, one in, no. in the ring. Not ever. Not one I time. I guarantee I'm putting one in the ring. Nope. We'll put money on it. <sighs> if you don't... You doubt my athletic talent that much. That's I will give you 100 bucks if you nail it. If not, wait. But define nailed it. So it we're has clear. to whatever their, I want this on tape. Whatever their bullseye. Do I have to hit the, the bullseye for a hundred? You said bucks? you have to get it in the middle. Okay. Yeah. So whatever the, the red. Sure. Okay. So a hundred bucks if you get it. Who's sweeping for me? Paul. Paul Baxter and and someone else. No, because Paul doesn't want Paul doesn't want you to get it either. <laughs> if you don't, I need some impartial if sweepers. If you don't get it. You have to get a hundred dollars worth of a tattoo that says "I have next set." Oh, I can't take that back. Why not, Kevin? You're so confident about your athletic ability. Yeah, so confident. I cannot take that back. I can't take that's a right. permanent. That's what I thought. Endorsement, man. My first tattoo can't be "I got next set." I'll Maybe do it. Second. I have three tattoos, so let's just do it. Ooh, I'll uh, get it on my other foot. Or wait, something. I have Segway. next set. Yeah, it's not on my ass. <laughs> well, probably, three well, times no, in two raised. shows. They're not raised, <laughs> so I wouldn't have known. Awesome. Where? Awesome. Where do I have tattoos? Yeah. Well, my left finger. Okay. All right. Small heart, index finger. On my wrist. Oh, I've seen that one. What does it say again? Because I know self. Okay. And then I have one on the inside of my left foot that oh, says, Cuidate y se feliz, which means take care of yourself and be happy. Okay. I like that one. What's the meaning of the one on the wrist? Um, It's to thy known self be true. So live your life for yourself, not for others. And be your own person. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm so, 25. I'm going to very like discover myself. So phase. your next tattoo is I have next set. For sure. Perfect. <laughs> My in, mother in will Italian, be thrilled. Though. In yeah. Italian, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have to do every language. Um, or Latin. You know who we're going to get on the show is Priscilla Lima because she plays on the Brazilian domestic tour and I would be curious because she plays on both. I would be curious how what the differences are. Yeah, we always have her in the open. So yep. About time she uh, graced she's, our airways for real. I think she's currently in Brazil but I'll find out. Okay. Cool. Because I'd like to know that. Cool. So basically, ending the show, you're saying that you hate beach volleyball and it's dead to you. <laughs> That's what I took away from To it. summarize. <laughs> yeah. To summarize, yeah. 
Yeah, that's the prevailing attitude. No, I, I think this show gets to be the, the realist view of things. And after the Olympics, I was pumped up about indoor. I was pumped up about the way things were going, but I was under no illusion that it somehow meant that indoor was going to explode in popularity in the United States. The beach, not. on the other hand, beach folks, they were excited that it was going to explode in popularity. But do you think that the Olympics are detrimental to the sport? And careful with your answer here because well, you're going to get a lot of emails. Oh, yeah, you are. Well, I, I... Has it been negative on the sport? Yeah, well, I'm just going to leave it at that. Has it been negative on the sport? The Olympics. It creates... Us dominating on the beach. It creates some perception issues. That was my point earlier. I agree with that. I think I think so you can say it does have somewhat of a negative effect because it creates some perception and expectation issues for delivering it as a product each year versus delivering it as a premium once every four. If Carrie and Misty weren't as successful in the first Olympics we wouldn't have been on NBC the following weekend after the Olympics in Cincinnati. When Carrie and Misty are gone, mm. will the sport continue? Because this is now we're fading into another argument with Carrie and Misty that I've said they are not volleyball players in their fame. They are Olympians mm-hmm. in their fame. That's a great point. But they also, looking back, I think carried the AVP tour between Olympics. Yeah, sure. But they're they're doing that by their person. That is not something the sport can sustain after they are gone. I agree. No one else can step into those roles because they will just be volleyball Correct. players. But because they had that exposure in the Olympics, that's why they were able to carry it through the next four seasons. Right. Three seasons. Yes, plus they had a winning streak that right. I happen to remember. That crossed over. Did you come to an, a beach event and see them? No, I was busy with my own career. Uh, Too busy being awesome, apparently. (laughs) So I think you start getting into some very complex relationships between the professional tour, the casual fan, the core fan, the success of Misty and Carrie, their ability to cross over as celebrities and Olympians, Olympic celebrities, not volleyball players. And I, I don't think you can say that the success in the Olympics has been all positive. I think anything has positive and negative effects on things. Yes, there have been lots of positive effects, but I think that the expectations for the sport get set a different way and people perceive the sport a different way. And I don't know that it inhibits the growth totally, but it's not helping it. I agree with that. If you just look at the timeline, if you look at the timeline, Olympics, professional, it's an inverse relationship. 1996, introduction to the Olympic Games. 1998, the AVP is gone. 2000, they have success. They launch in 2001. It it does well between 2001 and 2008, let's say, or seven. It does pretty well through the boom years. As soon as things, as things get a little bit lean, gone again. We had the economy the last time, which was a major factor as well. Right, and that may overpower Misty and Carrie's success. And then before that, too, I think, with the first year in the Olympics, we won – Everybody's excited, oh, the sport's going to blow up. So the expectations were unrealistic then as well. But the sport was already on a slide from, say, 94. I mean, was the peak 94? Uh, I wasn't wasn't really around. I mean, I was around. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of fading out into the indoor scene at that point. But, I I mean, I would say the peak of 94 era, 
minus, you know, plus or minus two years, let's say, was pretty big. I mean, enormous, huge. Talk to Kent Steffes, Karch. Yeah. Any of those guys that were around during that era. It was huge. Adam Johnson. We all know the names. But from that point forward, it never recaptured that level from 01 to, to 2010. Never. Never even came close. It recaptured a level. Some pretty decent years in there with Karch and Lambert and Stein and, mm-hmm. and those guys. Some pretty decent years. Good mm-hmm. livings for those guys during those years. But then it just turned around and faded out again. And this is in the middle of Misty and Carey's winning streak. This is in the middle of their three gold medals. Well, the fade out last time was the economy. Because the business plan was all about sponsorships. And once the sponsorships started coming, you have no other – there's no other revenue. You're not selling tickets. You're not selling merchandise. So when the sponsorship money dries up, how are you going to have a tour? Back to the point of having it it's, – it's a big commercial. Mm-hmm. It is a large live event commercial. It is not – a sports business. And that's where I think, again, I'll keep saying this, is that there's no, beach volleyball is a cool sport, but it's not being marketed as a cool sport. There's no, no cool factor in it. They're missing the, they're missing it every time. I have a question for Kelly, because we've, we've debated this one up and down, but I have a question for Kelly while we have her here before we close the show. Why aren't college-age women or high school-age girls and beyond Fans. It's a really great question. What is it? They're not fans of their own sport. Mm-hmm. They're busy getting tattoos on their butts. True, for sure. It's wrists, Sorry. finger, Fingers. and foot. Sorry, my bad. God, there's gonna be so many rumors about me after the show. <laughs> Perfect. Jeremy has one of those, but we'll talk about it later. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's you get over it. If there's uh, yeah, I, that's a great question, and I've thought about this before because I I'm a fan, but I get volleyed out. I don't know that people huh. get that way in other sports. But what about other sports besides volley? When you played in college, were you following any other sports? No, gotcha. I was never a sports fan until honestly the last three years when I started getting into broadcasting and wanting to move out of volleyball and do more. That's when I started following other sports. I've never been a sports junkie. To sit and watch a game for me was never something I enjoyed, regardless of sport. Um, I loved going down to the AVP events. What about friends and teammates through high school, through college? How many were ever fans? How much discussion of volleyball went on when you weren't in Mm, the volleyball center? None. I was probably the only one that talked about it. And I talked about it because through the USA pipeline and things like that training, we were around the national team. So I'd see people like Nicole Branagh and, you know, get to meet these women. And I thought it was great, but no one else knew anything about them. And my parents would take me to final fours at Long Beach state and do that kind of stuff. So I think I was probably the only fan of all my friends. It's a long drive from Temecula, Long Beach state. Yeah, it is. Like three hours of traffic. <laughs> and you need a passport. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the only way you get in and out of the Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting dynamic. I don't know that maybe it's still a relatively new sport, so parents didn't play it, so there's not that introduction. William G. Morgan That's would tell point. you otherwise. But. Well, you know what I mean. And the the fan base is yeah. different compared to like a basketball. So parents didn't play the like sport. How many as much. generations? Like, oh, yeah. my grandfather played volleyball. Like, of course I'm going to watch volleyball. volleyball and go to this. No, I don't think that's started yet. Well, maybe my generation will do that because we'll be the parents. 
that played and it was bigger. I don't yeah, know. We're only really into the second generation. That's a good point. We're only really into the second generation of female athletes. Yeah. Or maybe the touch of the third. Like my mom was a big softball player, track, basketball, everything. Volleyball was just kind of beginning. Yeah. So. Are your kids interested in volleyball? Yep. Ha. Huh. This is funny because they claim no. Well, especially my but oldest Do they, they remember no. you playing at all, though? I feel like... They don't remember it. Yeah. No, they weren't old enough to remember it. I mean, I have, you know, stuff around, and yeah. they're, they've seen videotapes. Like, I showed their classes, the 04 Olympics, because they were talking about the Olympics, mm-hmm. and the fact that I was in them, and mm-hmm. I brought in some tape and had them watch it. And uh, they... It was so funny, because I showed it, mm-hmm. and it was the Greece match. And they started chanting USA in the room. Oh, my gosh. Watching it on tape. Yeah. That's from, awesome. from 10 years ago, right? Eight years awesome. ago. Like, this is pretty cool. That's they awesome. were way into it. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, they, they don't remember. But my older son claims, no. Yeah. Dad, I'm not like you. I'm not going to play volleyball. But. But. Then you beat him until he says, I will. Dude, don't say that on air. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. That was a secret. <laughs> he tells me later, oh, we went on our, they went on a trip to Catalina, mm-hmm. his class, for a couple of days. And, oh, they had a volleyball court there. And I was jump serving and this and that. Like, oh, uh-huh. that's cute. Mm-hmm. So, on the one hand, he wants to tell me he's not involved, not going to do it. On the yeah. other hand, he's like, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, because probably to his friends, like, he's like, oh, my dad played, so I'm probably good, too. Totally. Yeah. But, like, if Reed comes over, knows your kids, like, do they go, like, oh, like, Reed's a pro volleyball player playing the Olympics as a gold medal? They know Reed. They know Clay. Yeah. They watch. They watch the Olympics. I mean, I'm not here to watch it with them. It's, that's, it's kind that's, of a bummer for me the last two. My kids have been way into it. Way into it. And you're not here. I'm not here. I get to watch winter with them that yeah. way. But they're, I don't get to be a part of their experience of staying up till 10 or 11 on a school night to watch Washington some Olympia. event, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that, that would be fun. And they get to watch me, and that's cool. But uh, they, they definitely are fans. They know the guys. They know even some of the Russian guys or Brazilian guys. They know who those guys are. Mm-hmm. But for them, even, the experience of the Olympics is much broader they want to move around between sports, and they know yeah. most of the big stories and stuff. So, but I think that goes back to what you were saying too. Like, would your kids even really know about volleyball if you weren't a former player or even broadcasting for it? You know what I'm saying? No, like, they probably, wouldn't. Probably not. I mean, even growing up here in Southern California, where there's a lot going on, it's around. But I'm just getting to that point where it starts to touch them because, unfortunately, for our sport, it's so technical, and you need so many people and so much equipment that you can't really do it until you're 12, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. That's when people really start to pick it up. You can't, as an 8-year-old, realistically play this sport. I mean, mm-hmm. Unless your family is going to the beach every weekend and that's what you do and you have parents that that's what they do and they play recreationally and you go to the beach and you play and you have a group or whatever. It, unless you're in that specific environment, it's not like it's just around and there's hoops everywhere mm-hmm. and you can pick up a ball and throw it in the hoop. You can't play volleyball by yourself. You know what scares me? No, is... and you need a level. You need people yeah. that are at your level. Mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of young girls and I'll say things about volleyball and no one knows, and it hurts to say, no one knows who Karch and Holly are. These kids have no clue. If this was any other sport, everyone knows who the big time players were, regardless of time period. They also know the new big time players. Kids now? Yeah. I went to the Houston Supercross last year. Happened to be right next door to Reliance Stadium. There's a big, it's a big complex. Supercross. And they had... They had a, a JVA tournament going on, a couple hundred teams. Mm-hmm. I walk into the hotel, say hi to my Supercross guys, going to go up to my room, go to the elevator, out walk some volleyball coaches I know. So I end up in the elevator at one point with a bunch of club girls, and I start naming off national team players. Crickets. Yep. It Don't know 
one of them. And these are kids that play on a regular basis. And they're all saying, oh, I want to be on the national team. Like, you have no idea what's even going on. They don't know anybody. But where, and, but where do they turn on TV to see them? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, oh, that would be the only time, though. Yeah. Well, I, actually, volleyball's been on quite a bit. Universal, but it, you got to seek it out. It's not the same as it's not going to come on NBC. You're not yeah, going to get not a commercial in your face all the time. You're not going to get a commercial during The Walking Dead on A and E for volleyball. You know, I also think part of young girls not participating or knowing or being fans of volleyball is that it's not a social event. And then yes, that is a stereotype. No, it's true. They're not fans of sport. But like when I did the U.S. Open of surf, I'm in the sponsorship village, and there are just a hundred thousand people walking around. 15-year-old girls, 15-year-old guys have no idea that a surfing event is going on. <laughs> right, right. But they're there yeah. because it's something to do and it's a big event. It's mm-hmm. a scene. Yes. Yes. And volleyball doesn't have that right now either. Mm-mm. No, it used to. used to be yep. a scene. It did. It's not a scene now. Correct. You're there. you got to be core. And I don't know there. what the answer is. I mean, obviously, the business no, model, the sponsorship business model is, is dead. And it, I don't know how... I don't know what to do. Obviously, if any of us knew what to do differently, they would do it, but I don't know what the answer is. If it could have been solved here on this podcast, it would have been solved a long of course. time ago. And we would have started our own tour. Yeah. The Net Live, I have Next Set Tour. <laughs> oh, dear. Be a great commercial. I have Next Set. No, I I don't know the answer. I don't, But part of the answer, it would be nice if it was the largest population that plays. Our fans. We're also fans. Yeah. Because if you go to a youth basketball tournament, and I asked some random kid to name me 10 NBA players. They could name me 50 mm-hmm. NBA players. Yep. Boys. Probably with stats and teams and where they were traded. The whole nine. Yep. If I go to a women's girls volleyball tournament and I ask a national team player, can you name a national team player? I'll bet it's about one in five that can name one. And I bet it's about one in eight who could name two. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah. Sad. Although indicative of. Female sport, not cool, and the marketing just not being up to where it needs to be. And I and I don't know which of those is the biggest factor. I think the first one's pretty big. Look, if Reed was driving around in a Lamborghini and posted photos of him raging in Vegas all the time, yeah, then kids would be more interested in volleyball. Tell him to buy a Lamborghini, yellow, bright yellow. I will tell him. He can probably buy it in Turkey for cheaper, and then ship it back <laughs> when he comes back. back. Yeah. That's, that's part, of his contra- part of his contract for next year. That's a Turkish knockoff. Whatever. It looks Lamborghini. Like a Lamborghini. Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But that is a big thing. Like, kids today, like, oh, I want to be an NBA star. And not because they want to be good at basketball. But it's they because want the life. they want the lifestyle. Yeah. They don't know the hard work that goes into it. Oh, but that's they, like anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you but guys who want to be big-time actors or actresses, they don't know the work that goes into that. Mm-hmm. There's Now, there's massive reward in relation to ours, but... There's a, a bunch of work and a, a lot of different factors to being very good at that job. There's you so have much, to be a chameleon. So much work behind the scenes. And a lot of problems. It's no accident. These people end up dating the person they last starred with. Right. Then they start with the next person. You're basically a chameleon. Yes. It's like Inception. Being an actor is a, oh, bit, a little bit like Inception. Try not losing yourself in these characters you're supposed to be for six to nine months at a time. Try not losing who you are. So like Inception, try not yeah, losing there's no way I could do that. who you are in that whole thing. Oh, yeah. It's so hard. They're professional chameleons. Because if you're committed to that role and believable... You have to buy in and be yeah. it. When Jim Carrey acted like Andy Kaufman for that movie, like 
prior to the filming of the movie, he was that character leading into it, and then the entire movie, he was that even off camera, he was that character. Yeah. How about Batman freaking out on the set? How about when he was, that was awesome, the machinist? Way. That was awesome. What's his name? Can't remember. Uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. When he was the machinist, everybody talks about the weight loss and the torture. He went. I mean, that does not go away. That leaves some marks on your soul, on your body, on your person. And they're hugely famous because of that. Yeah. You don't realize, like, they're not just waking up going, oh, I'm going to act today, and then, bam, I'm a superstar. There's a lot that goes into that. And and people uh, don't always realize that. People always say, oh, I'd love to be a professional volleyball player. I'm like, you couldn't drag yourself to practice today. Do you know how I feel right now? <laughs> like, you could not drag yourself to practice. No. And it's the same for the NBA. You could not get on the plane again. Again. And get in at 3 a.m., shoot around at 8 Play at eight. You couldn't do it. And by you, I just mean collective. Yeah. It's never as glamorous as it seems. No, it's a different deal. And yes, there are huge benefits inside. I would I would have played for much longer had I had the ability. But that wasn't always true in my career. There were times where I hated warm-ups. Of course. And I look back and go, why did I hate warm-ups? Just set me the damn ball. <laughs> why did I hate warm-ups? I don't know. Just there mentally at that point. Because it was something you had to do as well. Wish I hadn't been. Yeah. You know, but whatever. I was there. You were here. This has been a lovely, depressing Monday show. You- yeah, seriously. <laughs> Volleyball sucks. Why are you Fame tuning and listening to us? Yeah. Well, it's the middle of winter. We have no national team. Uh-huh. Men's is just or getting coach. underway. Women's is gone. It's Beach just, is not happening. It's just us. Tune in. You like us. That's why you tune in. That's why we end up talking about the uh, world's most expensive tuna. <laughs> And whatever else we talked about earlier well, on. Well, apparently uh, you brought up Inception, Walking Dead, and Supercross all within a minute. <laughs> according to the chat board. I am looking forward to Matt Gardhoff's uh, collage today because there's going to be some really good stuff on there. You won't even know where to begin. Those that are looking to catch me can uh, see me this weekend in Phoenix. I believe Pac Bell Park. Not Pac Bell Park. What is it called? Bank One Park? Or sure. Whatever. Wherever the super whatever it's motocross called. is. Supercross. Yeah. Something cross. I'll be back in Anaheim next week. Will you be wearing your NetLife t-shirt in Phoenix? I have worn my NetLife t-shirt below my Supercross t-shirt before. It has happened. But nobody can see that. We have three hours of live streaming Supercross Live on supercrossonline.com slash live stream. Good thing you have other streams of revenue, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, because this podcast ain't Apparently this volleyball thing is not really oh, working for us. <laughs> uh, it's, listen, folks, we're trying to expand your view of the world, not just the volleyball world. Big thanks to Bill Sigler for coming on the program. Enjoyed talking to him and hearing more about Smack Sportswear. Very informative, especially about uh, clothing material these days. Sublimation, baby. I heard wicking fabrics a bunch of times and wicking yes. poly cotton. I want to know about that. Sounds like Lululemon stuff. There you go. And huge thanks to Jay and to Mike for contributing again to College Volleyball Weekly and Dustin Aval for making bid number one for fifth man of the year. That that was a big that was I mean pulling out Bill's college that he graduated from forty years ago and the fact that he was a backup quarterback or backup whatever he was. To Rich Gann. Yeah. It's impressive. Kelly discovered something new about her iPad case today. She oh my gosh, it's so cool. <laughs> big thanks it to Kelly Tennant for coming and sitting in. Thank you. Next week? Yeah. What do you think? Monday? It's sure. a quiet day I'll, for broadcasting. I'll check right? my schedule. Okay. I'm not that cool as serious. Chris McGee, hope you find a house, bud. Maybe uh have a room for the net live to start working out of. You could have him live here, and then he can always be here for the show. I'd have to hang a lot of pictures of Luke up on the wall. I just don't have that kind of wall space left. There's a lot of windows here. You need an Insta wall. Yeah. That's awesome. 
All right, thanks for listening in. Much thanks to Volleyball Magazine and to the AVCA for the support of this program. We will be back next week with yet another new show here on the Net Live. Kevin, Kelly, and Jeremy. Hope you have a great week, people. Get out and play some volleyball.